across the UK, online and on DAB. He has made a covenant with the night, and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. People don't wear enough hats these days. I want to bring back hats, and I don't mean baseball caps, although... I have got a soft spot for the baseball cap. I like a baseball... I like a battered old baseball cap. Not a big red one that says, Make America Great Again. Um, you know, not those kind of... The cheap ones you buy at, um, at rock concerts and football stadiums. But just a battered old... Oh, let me plug my computer in. That's what's buzzing. Don't I, I, lick that. Why do you lick it? We, we... Electric shock every time. Um, a battered old... Baseball hat, cap. That's what I like. I like it. I think it's fine. But I'm talking trilbies. I'm talking bowlers. I'm talking fezzes. I'm talking panamas. I'm, where do the okay? Hmm. Where does the Panama hat get its name from? Don't say Panama for Christ's sake, woman. Why is it called the Panama hat? Pourquoi? Yati. Because. Uh, well, because. It- because they wear them in Panama. Okie dokie, this it's is... the thing. And the proper Panama nice. hat you can roll up. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with our good friends. Time to change. And um, I, can I just say, we are now halfway through our collaboration with those guys, and it's I'm loving every yeah. second of it. Thursday, we're going to have another hour. If you're watching on... Um, um, you've heard we've got an excellent guest. I'm not going to tell you now. We've got an excellent guest coming on Thursday to talk about mental health yeah, I had a chat and all with that him. kind of stuff. I had a chat with him on the phone and he seems like a really seemed nice like fella. a good bloke, didn't yeah. he? Um, imagine if, imagine if someone came on, right? Not necessarily for that, but someone came on and you thought, oh, they're a bit of an arsehole. Mm. Uh, have you ever? You must have had guests when you're in your capacity as a presenter and a producer, where you just thought, "Jesus, yes, leave the attitude at the door, guys." Yeah. When I first started as a presenter yeah. at BBC Local Radio, I was given mm. a gardening show that no one wanted. Oh. He'd been going for years, and they'd had the same old guys coming in every week. Yep. And they thought they ran the place. Yep. And one of them came in, used to try and boss me about. Wowzers. He only came in the once when I was on duty because I didn't have him back again. But at one point, he told me to wind it up. What? The heck? Yeah, did the whole um, finger circle. The w- worst one I had was an absolute radio. It was an American comedian, and we were we were charmed by the fact he was an American comedian. And it was the the, the, the one time I dropped my guard and booked someone that I didn't know who it was. And um, he sat there. He was he was he was not. I can't remember his name, but he was billed as the voiceover guy. And basically, he could do an impression of the guy that did coming to a movie near you soon. He did an impression of that guy, and that was his act. Um, but he spent the whole time just on his mobile phone. Even when he was talking to me, he was looking down at his mobile phone and like, not text, not tweeting, because tweeting, but texting and doing his emails oh. and all that. And he was doing that. And I just sat there. I thought, you absolute. How rude. You backside. Yeah. You, uh, you backside. So hats. Um, hey, you know that. All ha- of the hats. That hat we saw. Um, I really fancied this hat in um, Brighton, and we just walked past the I hat fancy shop. Your hat. Oh, no, I really did. I, I really fell in love with it yeah. to the point where I haven't told you this. Yes. I emailed them the day after yeah. to say, "How much is that hat? I really like it." Oh, where? Which hat was it? It was gorgeous. It was like a sort of big. It was black, war- like felt. Yeah. Oh. And it had a nice big broad brim. Yes. It had a little bit of a... It was a jaunty hat. Jaunty, yes. Um, proper, like, old-fashioned 70s Yoko floppy hat. Yes. Um, 100 quid. 
What? 100 quid! What the heck? It's only going to get rained on. I know there's... Or sat on. I know there's very few charcuteries left in this country. I don't think there are any charcuteries left in this um, country. Hat makers. And, um, I, uh, I... But that shouldn't put the price up that much, should it? It was a beautiful hat, and I've not seen anything like it, but uh, £100 is just a bit too rich for me. Hey, baby! Who? Did you notice, when we were in Brighton, they were playing... Well, what is that song? Hey, hey baby! Hey, baby! DJ, uh, what's his DJ face? DJ Otzi. Otzi. It felt like they were playing that for the whole two and a half hours we were on stage. It was certainly on when we were setting up. Yes. It was certainly on when we started. Yes. And it was definitely on during the interval. And it was on when we finished. Well, you know why? We were opposite the uh, beer fest. Oh. DJ Otzi, of course. Oh, is that where that was from? I thought yeah, Paul. I wasn't in the... Um... Anyway, guys, listen. We are, we've got live shows coming up. We're back in uh, Brighton, uh, March the 10th. 2018. Tickets on sale now. It's sold out fast. We're in Belfast and the 28th of January. Those tickets aren't on sale yet, guys, so I'm afraid you're just going to have to cool your heels there, uh, Belfastians. We're looking for a gig on the 27th in Dublin, if you can. We're going to do Ireland in a weekend. Um, This Sunday, we're doing a two o'clock show in Hull. We've sold 25 tickets. Can we make it 30? It's a venue that holds 150. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Listen, all the I mean, leg room is good, right? Oh, tell me about it. And then we're in Wolverhampton on the 4th. If you want to know, go to ianlee.com and all the, t- the the gigs that we've got, you can buy tickets for, are up there and you can have a little look. ianlee.com. Um, well, uh, yeah, I went, here's the thing, right? I used to live in London and here's, I say this now, my, the biggest mistake I ever made was moving out of London. Biggest mistake I ever made. Worst, worst thing I ever did was moving out of London. So I went back to my old manor today to see my mate Mackenzie Your Cook. Your old what, sorry? My old manor. Okay. To see my mate Mackenzie Cook. And um, it, uh, he, we, he, we live sort of in Muswell. I used to live in Muswell Hill. He lives near there. And he said, let's meet in Crouch End because a, a, um, a friend's documentary is being shown in Crouch End. Right? The Crouch End's a tiny place. Conk Studios are there. It's where the, the Kink Studios are. Um, and I went, what do you mean your friend's... Film is being showed in Crouch End. There's not a cinema there. It's tiny. He said, oh, no, no, no. There's a cinema there now, right? So really a cinema. I thought it may be... Because there's a couple of comedy pubs there, the King's Head and so... I thought maybe it was... They, they put up a projector in the King's Head or something. So I got there. And, um, by the way, you can call in 0344 499 I see the phones are going mental in the minute. But we will... It's a hat special. Hats off to hats. Um, but... Um, so I got there. And it wasn't the King... There was actually... A cinema in in Crouch End. As you look at the quick fit, yeah. it's to the right. Mm. And I was like, blimey. I've, I've only been gone six years. I'm like, blimey. So I went in the cinema and I had a cup of coffee and I was waiting for Mackenzie to come along. And he came along. I was there early. He came along a bit later. And he came in and he said, um, I think this is the wrong place. I said, mate, well, this is the cinema in Crouch End. This is, this is it. He said, yeah... Can we can we just go out and walk? So we went out, right? Bearing in mind this is to the right of Quickfit in Crouch End, right? We went out, we walked past Quickfit, and do you know what's to the left of Quickfit in Crouch End? I'm going to tell you, it's another cinema. There are two. There, when I li- lived there, there were no cinemas. Today, there are two cinemas in Crouch End, which is a tiny little hamlet in North London where all the yummy mummies go. I couldn't believe it. It was it was a glut of cinemas. What the hell was going, Alan? What the hell was going on with the cinemas? 
and Q. Yes, Alan, when we say your name, that's when... Sorry, I... Sorry, I... Stop talking! Monday. Oh, jeez! I'm going to see Peaky Blinders, which bring me to hats. You're right, Ian. The Peaky Blinder cap is one of the best caps ever. It's a flat cap, isn't it? Like a Baker Boy cap. Yeah, because it was a start from the 1920s. He's not listening to us. You were talking about hats, Ian. He's not listening to us. I'm watching on Periscope. Can you see him humping the desk? No, I'm outside. I'm I'm having a Mayfair. Ooh. He's a jazz mag. Mayfairs are the most disgusting fags. No, I thought Winter Blue were the worst one. Mm. Calm down, Ian, calm down. Think of your blood pressure. What sort of out. noise I made when I was giving birth? Are you alright? Yeah, squeeze it out. Oh, kill Get him. the gas in there. I wanna kill him. Get the gas in there, Arca. It's too late for that. Need the C-section. So it's cesarean. Oh, yes. Oh, my Jesus. Cesarean. Oh, God, Were you? that explains yeah. everything. Six weeks early. Oh, poor Alan. Oh, they say... Baby they say that um, if you are not born vaginally, um, that your head is a different shape, isn't it? Because the... This is true. Because as you pass through the vaginal canal... A canal of vaginas? <laughs> Um, the caref- birth canal. Careful <laughs> where you stink. You stick that punt. Um, as you go through the vaginal canal, um, it, 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 it squeezes your your head together. Because, because here's the thing, Alan. Babies, right? When they're born, they're, you can you can touch their brains. This is true. If you touch their head, you can touch their brains because the skull hasn't closed over. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, it's not Kat? fused. Yeah, the skull hasn't closed over, so the brain is exposed under the skin, obvs. But you don't can. Think t- the brain's exposed. Well, no, but it's. It, it, but if, there are cracks. If you were to push hard on their oh, head, don't, it don't. would go through into their brain, ah. and it will go like oh, that. Um, so, but so uh, the, as they pass through there, it pushes the face and the skull together, and that starts the process of, of making people look normal. So it could be argued, Alan, that people who are born via C-section, caesarean section, have got big, fat moon faces. Now, Alan, can you describe, please, the shape of your head and skull? Well, my head is round at the top. Yes. Pointy at the bottom. Oh, there we go. That's a big, fat moon face. It's true, though. I've, I've remembered that correctly, haven't I? I think it does make a difference. It's cool. I'm, I'm in a... Well, Billy Bragg tonight. We've got Billy Bragg tonight. Yeah. I met Billy Bragg today. Beautiful interview. Beautiful man. I followed him up the stairs. Here's the thing. I followed him up the stairs in a pub. My eyes were um, ass level. Mm. And? He climbed those stairs like an old man. Oh. He's lovely, though. He's so lovely. He's written this brilliant book. Um, about the birth of Skiffle, and I've tweeted the link, and I'll tweet the link again, because honestly, it is... I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I thought it was going to be quite a dry read, okay? Um, but it, man alive, it's not... He paints colours with his words. It's a joyous trawl through British jazz, American blues, and how Skiffle came about. And um, he, t- he... He talks about, um, in the interview, he talks about Bill Ailey. He doesn't. He talks about Bill Ailey. He had to mention Bill Ailey. In quite disparaging tones. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Brap. 
Um, so, but that's coming up. His book is brilliant. And uh, I, I thoroughly, Christmas is coming up, guys. And you know I don't recommend books unless they're good. And this is a cracking book, so I thoroughly recommend it. So we'll have him later on. Um, but uh, uh, until then, I'm kind of... I'm feeling real loose like a long-legged goose. Um, oh, baby, that's what I like. Let's go straight to Ray. Good evening, Ray. Good evening. Yes. Um, the you, sound like, um, you sound like Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know what he sounds like. Like that? You. Sa- Good evening. Okay. He talks like that, doesn't he? he goes, Good evening. <laughs> she talks uh, like that. <laughs> anyway, yes. the American comedian you were talking about Can't who engage. was... Yes? Who was on the phone, not during the interview, was Pablo Francisco. That was it, yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Where, where, where is he now? I don't know, but I'm, I, I have phone. to say, I actually, I actually enjoyed that show, but, Traitor. you know, I had no idea. Traitor? What, but, you know, I had no idea he was on the phone at the time. You're a traitor. Oh, well, it made me laugh. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Um, interesting um, thing I noticed about Ray is he couldn't respond to um, anything that I said. Came on with this. No, it's great. And it's great. And that's not criticism at all, right? It's not a criticism. Thank you. You're right, Pablo Francisco. I found him really rude. Um, it's not a criticism at all. It's just I've noticed this a lot, particularly when I was working in Birmingham. But I've noticed this a lot that some people um, who phone in radio shows can't. Oh, I can't keep it a secret any longer. I'm going to tell you. I've got the tracks for my new album and I've not heard them yet and I'm going to play some tonight. Oh. That's why I'm so excited. Uh. Hit the ads when we come back. We're going to have... We're going to have one of my new hits. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Give it to me, CJ. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hello. Yes. Uh, I live in a town called Stockport, and it used to be the the hatting capital of the world. The hatting capital? False information. That... Is Luton? Is it Luton? Well, I, I, hang on. I we're having a we're having a, <laughs> we're having a fu- we're having a face off over crappy towns. Hat. <laughs> crap hat towns. Crap hat towns. Crap hat towns. Uh, hang on a second. Where did you get your informazioni from, CJ? Um, we have a um, hat museum in the centre of uh, Stockport. There's a hat museum. Catherine, yep. where did you get your your informazioni? We have a football team known as the Hatters. Ooh. Um, because we make hats. Football. No, no, no. But making still hats, make hats there. No, no. But well, voters. There's a charcuterie. But mm. making hats doesn't make you the hat capital of the world. Um, hat, it, and I know for a fact there is no hat museum dans la Luton. No. But there is one in Stockport. Well, because their yep. industry sadly is dead, and we're still making hats, <laughs> albeit <still>. very, very, <laughs> very, very tiny amounts. Let's be honest. I worked in Lewin for three years. It's a dump. I, I award <laughs> I award the hat capital of the world to stop of the world. Are you joking? <laughs> Come I, on, dude. I, I work for the tourism people. I've got to make it sound more grandiose. Do, you know? do, do you work for the tourism? Uh, yeah, probably Facebook. Thanks very much for calling. We're not having b- propaganda on here. He should have declared that. That's that's an offcom in waiting. He knows that in this. Period Period of intense hat rivalry, he should have declared that to Sam that he had a, he had a vested interest in the tourist trade of a hat-based town before he came on air. Now we've got to mention all the other hat-based towns in the world. Derby, we've done it. That's good. Okay, right. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. So I've got four tracks in the new album, and when I say album, I think there's only five tracks on it. Maybe there's four. Really, I can't felt remember. like longer. Um. So we're going to play one. I've not heard these. I've genuinely not heard these. Oh, God. Um, I, Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah, I do, actually, because I'm very proud of it. I know the sessions went 
very, very well. Let me just... Um, OK. Here we go. This is... Um, I think you're going to like this. Um, this is Unless me. Unless you're Nick Knowles. This is me. It's produced by uh, Dan Carrasco. I say produced. I have to say that for legal terms. He was there, and he pressed record and play. Um, what you're going to hear is pure, untouched talent. No, there's certainly no auto-tune, no computers have been used in the reconstruction of this song. What you're hearing is real instruments and real singing and real talent. And a real plum. Shut up. Enjoy. Hang on. A bitty bong bong. <laughs> At night by the water, she's gonna stray so far away from her father's daughter. She wants a life for her baby, all on her own. No one will come, she's got to save him. She tells him, Oh, love, no one's ever gonna hurt you, love. I'm gonna give you all of my love, nobody matters like you. She tells him, Your life ain't gonna be nothing like my life. You're gonna grow and have a good life. I'm gonna do what I've got to do. So rock a baby, rock a I'm gonna rock you, rock a baby, don't you cry. Somebody's got you, rock a baby, rock a I'm gonna rock you, rock a baby, don't you cry. Rock a In the hard life without no fear just so you know that you really care cause any obstacle you're well prepared no mama you never shed no tear cause you have to shed things year after year and you give the youth love beyond compare you'll find his school fee and pay the bus fare mm, marie the pops disappear in the wrong bar can't find him nowhere steadily you work flow everything you know so you're not stop no time no time for your cheer got a six-year-old trying to keep him warm trying to keep out the cold when he looks in her eyes he don't know he's safe when she says ooh love no one's ever gonna hurt you love i'm gonna give you all of my love nobody matters like you Trying to keep out the cold When he looks in her eyes He don't know he's safe When she says Ooh, love No one's ever gonna hurt you, love I'm gonna give you all of my love Nobody matters like you She tells him your life Ain't gonna be nothing like my life 
that sink in. No auto-tune. What you heard there was one take. A little bit of freestyle rapping in there as well. I made the bit up about sucking the snot out of the baby's nose. Very powerful song about um, a mum who turns to whore in to feed her child. And I think I gave it the respect that it deserves. Um, that will be on my new album, mini-album. Extended EP. It's an EEP, an extended, extended player. Mini-album. Feelings coming as soon as I can work out how to upload it to CB- CD Baby. You'll be able to buy it on CD Baby, and you'll also be able to buy it on the iTunes. And if you're lucky, I might play it play for you later on. Um, have I got... What other ones have I got here? I can't... Uh, um... Don't force it, Ian. Maybe no. you should do a slow release. Oh, I might do um, Shout Out to the Eggs. I might do that one. We might have that one in a bit. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. First uh, person to comment on that. It must be, I imagine, David, it must be what it was like when the heads were sat around having rolled a big fat joint and listened to Sergeant Pepper for the first time in June 1967. I imagine that is the feeling that um, was going coursing through your body, David. A very, you're a very spiritual man, and I must have just given you an overload of spirituality. Um, well... I, Lost for I mean, words. I, Lost for words. I was, I was, I was listening through the, the phone, so I think, uh, it, you know, it tends to warp the quality a bit, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't have to say anything, yeah. David. You don't have to say anything. Your, we your, all know. Your silence speaks volumes. Yeah. What have you called him for? <sighs> Lots of people are worried um, because I was unable to do my award-winning first live. Did you lose your vo- Did you lose your voice for a day, like some broadcasters do? Lost your voice for a day and then came back sounding perfectly fine a bit later on. Did that happen to you? Not, not quite. I'm just very under the weather. Oh well. Um... Can you not um, summon up a spirit of healing to remove um, all the damaged fluids from your body? A succubus, if you will. Uh, probably not. It's just mucus in my nose. Okay, but... that really is... Um, well, here's, here's a good bit of news. I had a cold. It lasted three days. That was short, wasn't it? I'm still blowing my nose from time to time, but I'm certainly off the hardcore meds, and by that I mean no more night nurse for daddy. What, 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 give me three things of advice. Um, okay, well, um, I would start putting money into a pension as soon as you can, because you... No, re- no, for the flu. For I'm the- sorry, okay. Um, Kath? Barocca, Barocca. We for can't recommend flu, medicine, like by the way. you feed the flu, starve a cold, or is it the way round? 
Um, no, we starve the staff in our house. Aye. Just keeps them on the edge a little bit more. Um, here's the thing. I, I, Barocca, I, I feel it does me good, whether it does or not. I just don't know. You just like that fizz. I love the fizz, man. I love the fizz. Drink lots of fluids, water, David, and uh, stay off dairy products. The dairy, what's that about? Makes you snotty. It creates mucus. Where do you think mucus comes from? It comes from milk and cheese. I'd just have some Ben and uh, ice cream. Well, you're gonna you're gonna be um, coughing that up for the rest of the evening. Can 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 this show be like a, a benefit for David Babcock? Um, yes, certainly. What, what would, would you like us to raise money for you? Yeah, please. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll hang on a second. Um, si- Simon, how much money, Simon, would you like to pledge towards the um, Babcock Fund? I would. Pledge at least 99 pence. 99 pence, David. That's better than poking the eye with a sharp stick. <laughs> it's, not, it's not as good as a five. I'll get stuffed. Miserable git. Good evening, Simon. Hi. Yeah, just had a really unusual experience. I've just been watching Blade Runner, the original. A uh, bit of a dark film. Yes. Finished it. Put on Periscope yes. and just hear your amazing song and just Thank you. wow, just both, amazing. Both and That's this will upset this will upset um, a certain um, uh, core listenership, former callership. Um, both of those events very highbrow, very very highbrow. Well, I didn't really understand Blade Runner. Yeah. So I'm just googling it now. No, you're not meant to why. understand it. it it's highbrow. So you're not meant yeah. to understand highbrow things. It's that simple. Can I just give you a bit of advice, though, about your song? Oh, buddy, please do. I, Mies loves advice. Ah, lovely. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Just go a little bit easy on the plugging of it, because it quality stands for itself. You don't need to keep plugging it. It will, it will win through on its own. Thank lovely. you, mate. I like, thank you, thank Simon. I appreciate that. That is very, very kind, and that's very wise. And do you know what? I'm going to heed that advice about my new album, Feelings, which will be out on CD Baby and iTunes. Very, very soon. Indeed. I happen to know that Simon is the agent for Nick Knowles. Mm. And actually what he's trying to do there is sabotage well, what will be a very successful campaign. Sally old sabotage, is it? I see, I see. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. With time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner or a copy of my new album, Feelings, can make all the difference. Search Time to Change and Feelings... <laughs> I think I'll get in trouble for that. Yeah, you will. To find out more. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. And for all of you on Twitter commenting on the auto-tune that was used, um, delete those tweets or you'll be hearing from my legal team in the morning. Um, because auto-tune was not used once on there. It was not used once. And if you go around um, uh, defaming me and defaming my um, uh, my business, which is entertainment and show, um, then I will have n- n- no option but to, to sue you. Um, there was a, now, there was a text in earlier on. Oh, yeah, here we go. Where was it? Here we go. Hedy has, has tweeted us. In Brighton, check out Mad Hatter. Yes. They sell fair trade hats of all types. Pink top hat, Cordoba's gaucho hat, fancy a tricon. A tricon. Fair trade hats. Yeah, but that's where I was looking. That was 100 quid. Fair trade. Well, that's, well, 100 quid ain't fair, is it? Not There's certainly no trade there either. 
fair trade hats. What is this? Where's, where's this? We live in we live in some kind of political correctness um, nutshell. Yeah, Brighton. All right. Yeah, let's let, let's all go vegan for Brighton, shall we? Actually, those vegan sandwiches were quite nice. They were quite nice, actually. But I tell you what, um, every time I mention on Twitter, I need to lose a bit of weight. I always get this this bloke. It's called Vegan Aid. It's like Aid is in A D E. Right. Um, yeah, go vegan. It's easier than you think, and you'll lose so much weight. And uh, uh, and I just think, nah. That's a stretch too far. Nah, I'm not going to... I was vegetarian for 26 years, and I've got a feeling that I will be a vegetarian again. Right? I've got a feeling that that's going to happen at some point. But I'm not going to go vegan. I, I, I'm not, I don't knock vegans. It's brilliant. It's fantastic if you want to do that. I don't... Yeah, but um, somehow they're getting milk out of a cow. It's, it's very traumatic for the mother of the cow. His baby snatched... Drugs. So you should become a vegan. Nah. It's the right I'm, faff, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I have low-fat milk, and I don't think that comes from cows. Um, Gavin is on the line. Good evening, Gavin. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Gavin. <laughs> yes, low-fat milk it certainly does not come from um, your average cow. Yes, I don't think... It um, comes from undersea cows. Yes. They are yes. freshly bred what? Um, to require them to squirt... Why are you doing a Jamaican accent? Oh, did it slip? Yeah, it did a little bit. Oh, it's, not racist, it's not racist, it's not racist, it's not racist, you can get white, you can get white Jamaicans, so I'm not I, being racist. I knew one who was Chinese. But I was doing a black Jamaican. Barrel, um, you with, um, with high browners. Yeah, here we go, beautiful. It's a highbrow show tonight. Was it, yeah, with hats so off to hats, it's a highbrow show. Man. Yeah, go on. Right, number one, highbrow from. Um, Bellevue Rendezvous. Sorry? Bellevue Rendezvous. Bellevue Rendezvous. French animation. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, highbrow film. Okay. What happens in it? Um, it's not the Moomins, is it? He's training for the Tour de France with his grandma. Yeah. And he has to go up a lot of hills, and he comes across sort of a ageing Bordeville set of sisters who appear to be, like, locked in time. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's very ever, very Gavin, I was wondering if you'd ever considered that you should. Do, it's, it's not even that. It's not even. Have you ever considered? It's like it's. You should become vegan. It's not even. Have you? Well, you have know, you ever well, considered? Have you? Can I, have you well, read anything about veganism? Neatly goes into my second highbrow thing. Highbrow yeah, drinks. This is, this is what. This is what's going on tonight. It's one of those shows. I'm yeah, loving it. Highbrow drinks. Yeah. Purdy's health drink. Um. Purdy, I like a bit Purdy's, uh, yeah, I like Purdy's. It comes in that funny bottle, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, silver bottle, yes. very highbrow, and yes. you also get a new energy-infused version of oh. said beverage. I can't touch those energy drinks, honestly. I can't, no, I, they make you go a little bit crackers. They go nuts, make you go nuts. I can't, I can't touch Red Bull. I certainly can't go anywhere near pussy. Oh. Have you, <laughs> have you tried Red Bull um, sugar-free? What's the point of that? Well, it gives you the bang, but not the down. I never forget a terrible night in San Francisco, I where I had alcohol and Red Bull. I had Red yeah. Bull and vodka yeah. for the first time. I've had them. Yeah. It's just like it's just like no, tastes like vodka. It just tastes like Red Bull. Yeah, so yeah. I was getting double Red Bulls, double vodkas and Red Bull, and just knocking it back and thinking, yeah, but I'm like I'm I'm, I'm wide night. awake. I'm feeling more. The more I'm drinking, the more alert I am. So I, then we went and bought drugs. It was a horrible night. I well, I had a night oh, uh, that started can, that way, but it didn't go to the drugs the thing. Hang on, Gav. Hang on, Gav. Go on, Gav. Started that way, didn't go to the drugs thing. Yeah. I woke myself up in the night. My legs were dancing. Vodka and Red Bull. Go on, Gav. Go on. You, 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 can, you can contribute now, sir. 
Yeah, I was just thinking that's the way it goes. If you have a night out and you're, yeah. you're like, sparked up, you're yeah. looking for that extra spark at the end of yeah. it. Yeah, no, don't do drugs, kids. It was a, it was a no, very... it's extremely it, bad. It ended, it ended with us walking through San Francisco and, end, and getting lost at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning in a very, very rough area. And we're all like, hey. And we, we just... got some low-fat milk. No, we just, we just discovered Banana Republic, so we were dressed in the preppiest oh, right. white clothes yeah. ever. <laughs> And then, and then my mate got out a massive, one of those massive unfolding maps. And I was like, James, yeah. I, I think we should probably like put that... Guide to Galaxy we thing. should put that down. We should get rid of... We were going we to get stabbed. Oh, why did they remake that film? Sorry, oh, sorry man. That was a stinker. No, well, well it was... Very lowbrow. It was, it was lowbrow. It was lowbrow. It was yeah. lowbrow. Well, they didn't remake that film. They made that film. Yeah, and the, all they did was they um, played the theme tune from the BBC series and stuck with Douglas Holmes' face at the end. Yeah, but that was, they didn't remake the film. No, the film's only been made point. once. The TV series was wicked. Uh, I don't know. Did you read the, the radio series? Not. I don't. I don't know. Oh, you just I, don't dig the whole scene. I, 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 um, you're very um, hyped up this evening, uh, Gav. Gav, what well, go on, Gav? Um, I'm a bit pissed. Um, yep. Well, I'm a bit angry with Periscope. Why? Um, it's not working, and I like to see you. And I like to see you. It's um, working. Periscope is working. I've rebooted, I've, um, Maybe. cleaned, I've done the lot. Well, but all I'm getting, yeah. and I've got me old... It's working, I bet Periscope, is yeah, it's I working? It's, man, all I've got is 23 hours ago, yeah. um, 3 hours, 1 minute, 53 seconds. I couldn't, but it's working now, people are talking to me. Yeah, I know, but, um, what's a young man to do? Um, knock one out. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Gavin. 03444991000 is the telephone number. Good evening, Jessica. Um, yeah, hello, Ian. Hello, Jessica. G- uh, let me answer your first question. Um, probably at some point next week, it will be available on CD Baby, on iTunes, and wherever CD Baby farms its stuff out. I- I- I'm not going to go for Spotify, because I think Spotify exploits the artist. Um, I-, I could get a million plays of that and get about 12, 12 cents. You're with Taylor Swift on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, if Tidal are listening, um, Kanye, if-, if you're listening, I could be interested in a, in a deal on Tidal. Could be interested in that. So that's, that, that'll be where, where you'll get it from. What was your second point, Jessica? Um, I've no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what I was going to say is, well, I mean, it wasn't what I was going to say, but um, I was a vegetarian until I realised, well, until I got to the point yeah. where I could buy good quality meat. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It makes a difference, doesn't it? It does. If you're buying those low kind of, I don't know. If what? you're buy- buying economy economy sausages, yeah. as my mum would say, it's lips and arseholes. That's what yeah. you're getting. That's what yeah. you're getting. And and therefore I went. You know what? I don't want to eat that. Yeah. Because I've I've got feelings about animals. Yes. But then when I realised I've got a bank balance that allowed me to buy seventy percent or more. Yeah. Um, beef or pork, um, I suddenly found that I didn't worry too much about animals. <laughs> well, it's still a bolt through the head. And that's the thing that, I mean, I've, I've been eating meat, what, f- four years now, Kath? Three years, four years after 26 years of vegetarian. Um, it's, it, it, and it still sits, um, ethically very uncomfortably with me jessica yeah. it's, it's still it's still a but it's still a bolt through the head and i i do think that that perhaps those animals are aware you know they they, they see the, the the one in front of them get get killed i do think that they pick up on that they get stressed and it's upsetting so it, I, I i'm i'm 
I'm a walking contradiction because I love meat. I love the taste of meat. Yeah. You get over it quite quickly when you don't mind paying, like, eight quid for a chicken. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's maybe a little bit much. Um, hey, I've never had a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, come on. I've never had one. All I've ever had from KFC is, uh, was some coleslaw once, uh, years and years ago when I was walking home and I had like 50 pence in my pocket and I was starving and all I could afford was a little tub of coleslaw. No, I think there's something about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Is it that 11 spices or something? Yeah. Um, there's something Those about it that is Moorish yeah. and they market it brilliantly. Um, and, yeah, I buy it. But, is, um, can you tell the difference between uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Dixie Fried Chicken and Chicken Cottage? Can you... T- do, they t- do they taste different? Yes. In the same way, like, Coca-Cola tastes different from Pepsi-Cola, mm-hmm. tastes different from Panda-Cola? Panda-Pops? Yes. yes. Oh. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, what I was going to call you about oh. is that I saw your tweet about two hours ago about um, let's ban people looking on their phones whilst walking. Yes, please, at that, last. That's what engaged me. Go on, go on. Um, I bumped into a guy literally yeah. this morning. Well, he bumped into me and he injured my left shoulder oh. slightly. It doesn't hurt anymore, but it did at the time. Yeah. And I sort of said to him, like you always would, um, excuse me. <laughs> And instead of him saying, I'm really sorry, um, and us all moving on with our lives, he went, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. And therefore, because of the mood that I was in this morning, um, I said to him, well, you don't really sound sorry. Which opened up a whole kind of conversation that I wasn't expecting. Where did the conversation go after that? Right, well, he said, I'm really sorry, but I'm talking to my mum, and she's quite stressed at the moment, and... Well, uh, she's got an, really an idiot for a son, that's why. No, no, it wasn't. Oh. Um, because I was all ready to kind of go yeah. with that. Um, but he said, I'm really sorry, but my mum's really stressed at the moment, and I'm really sorry. And oh. I said, well, you don't sound sorry. And he said, well, you know what? I've got some problems here. I've got some issues. And I was like, okay, why ah. have I even started this conversation? Well, because he injured and, you, he assaulted you. Well, you know what, he did, and I could have gone to, like, the level that most of us would have gone to, where we'd have used some expletives and moved yes. on. Yes, But there was something, something about this guy this morning that I went, oh, right, okay, don't worry about it. And I think because I brought it down... And now you're getting married. No, no, that's no a, okay. definitely not. No, okay. <laughs> no way. Um, but because I brought it down, he went, "Okay, you know, I'm sorry. Um, my mum's on the phone. Um, she's having some issues. I'm sorry." And I went, "Okay." What were these issues? Keep talking about these issues. What were the issues she's having? I don't know. I didn't even ask. But that's my point. Sometimes you don't need to ask. You just need to understand oh, that someone God. else is in a place that you don't understand, and what they've just done to you doesn't really matter. No, no, but, 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 here's, here's where I, I, I get what you're saying. But, right, if he injured you, that actually, that does matter, right? And also, yeah, if, if he... Really he injured me, let's not make it, you know, like, injury yeah. for us. It was only a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're, but if you're, if you're, it was, it was a telephone call, Yeah. 
Yeah, he was on the phone. He should have been looking where he was going. He could see, when you're on a, I mean, I was talking primarily about people that are texting or tweeting or whatever, because constantly they're walking around with their heads down, just look, and I I will walk straight at them now. I don't give, I don't care anymore. I walk straight at them, and when they bump into me or do a last minute swerve, I I say, well, you could could possibly look where you're going. I don't, maybe maybe that would help. But the fact that he was on the telephone and he still bumped into you, this guy's an imbecile. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. But? And on some days, yes. I would agree with you, but today, I, you know, I mean, like, put it on the syllabus, yes. but um, syllabus. I kind of felt that he was in a place where me kicking off about him bumping into me because I'd just got off the bus and he bumped into me yeah. would have just made his day worse. Yeah. You're, you're like Buddha. You're the modern Buddha. <laughs> no, no, no. Right, Buddha. No. Not not always, okay. but there's sometimes um, just something that makes you think. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to add to your agony. Well, uh, Jessica, you are a better man than me, Gungadin. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I think she's wrong to have that attitude, and I'll tell you why in a moment. This is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee. Oh, that's Catherine Boyle. Hi. We're on talk radio, and we're with our friends. Time to change. One in four of us is going to fight a mental health problem at some point this year, and having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Go online and search Time to Change to find out more. After hours amusement for anarchists, air hostesses, and jet lag antipodeans. Good night, Cobbers. Can I crash on your floor? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, thanks for your support, Glenn. I appreciate the, uh, the texts. Um, what's this I'm reading on the screen here? Alistair Campbell destroys Julia Hartley Brewer during Brexit discussion. Are you aware of this? Do we know what this is? Um, Raoul Claxon, Julia Hartley Brewer, interviewed uh, uh, um, Alistair Campbell on Talk Radio this AM, and dot, 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 well, it went as you might expect. How do we... Um, how do, uh, it's on our website, apparently. <clears throat> I don't know what that is. Um, let me find... Let's, let's have a little listen to uh, to that, shall we, guys? Let's... Um, uh, let's have a little... Let us have a little look. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah. Right. Let's, um... Sorry, am I keeping you up? A bit, yeah. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on well, Top Radio with Time to Change. Oh, here we go. Campbell, as I say, here former go. Director of Communications uh, for Tony Blair, who very kindly joins us now. Mm. Good morning to you, Alistair. Hello, Julia. I'm sure you are as confident as I am today that we're going to get a great trade deal with the EU and move forward to a brighter, better future. Uh, I fear not. And I fear that... What is happening is that all the many, many promises that were made by the Leave campaign are not coming to fruition. And one of them, if you remember, was that it would be very straightforward to do a trade deal with the EU mm. and also that we'd be able to do trade deals with other countries whose, whose deals we would lose by leaving the EU uh, from June the 24th, 2016. None of that has happened. And I think that the what's becoming clearer and clearer to me is that this whole Brexit project, the people who are now urging Theresa May to walk away from a deal, uh, to go straight, to crash out of the EU and go straight to the WTO, they are basically what I call the, you know, the old-fashioned hard right. They're the, the Redwoods and the, and the Lawsons and the Carswells and the Farages uh, and, dare I say it, the, the newspapers of the right as well. And that all of the things that were promised, virtually all of them now, mm. are just 
evaporating. And I think no deal will be a, a catastrophe because it means guaranteed lower growth. There's not a single analysis. I'm bored. I'm bored of that. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. I'm bored. A million times. A million love songs later, we're still here. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I use my scooter, uh, my moped. What is a, is a moped one where you have to pedal it a bit? Is that a moped? Yeah. I think it is, isn't it? A lot of mopeds in Marrakesh. Yes. So technically it's a motor scooter. Yeah. So I used it at the weekend for the first time in ages, right? And, um... It was in the garage, and my helmet was in the garage. And I got it out, and it's that beautiful thing where if I've not used it for more than a couple of weeks, it takes ages to start. And I love it, because it makes me feel like I'm I'm um, like a cool 18-year-old with my Ford Cortina in the thing. And I've got a rev it. You've got to rev it a little bit, not too much thing. It's got a catch, and then it'll drop, and it, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. So I did that. And then I was, I was going to the gym, which uh, from where from uh, my house... There's a journey of about on the scooter of about 20 minutes ago. It's not that far, OK? But it involves going on quite a busy road. So I was, was, was going along, going along, and I was on this busy road. And um, my ear started itching. My right ear started itching. And I thought it's because I had sunglasses on under my helmet, but it's not the sunglasses I normally wear. It's like they're kind of a thinner... Um, what, do, what do you call the thing that goes over the ear? The, the, the sunglasses? What would you call um. Yeah, but the, the the bit with the plastic on it. The, 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 what is that called? That's got to have a name, isn't it? The the the, the plastic like bit. Like the air hook. Well, the plastic bit at the end of laces has got a name. Mm. Um, it's a, but what is that? What is it called? It's got to have a name. Everything's here's the thing. Everything's got to have a name. Like filtrum has got a name, but everything is. So why would they bother naming a filtrum, but not naming the the plastic bit that goes over the end? Anyway, no, no. So it was itching, and so I was trying to. The thing is, and I was trying to sort of hit my helmet. Right, to, it's the to, worst thing. If you've got an itchy nose inside a motorbike It doesn't helmet. do anything. I was hitting the helmet. And you couldn't feel anything on yeah. the inside, which means it's doing its job perfectly. Mm. Right. Oh, this is annoying. But then it went... Um, then it went up the side of my head. Oh, yeah. And then it went down. Not, not in my ear, but... Um, what's that bit called there? The top of the ear? Yeah, like your So ear, the lobe is the bottom. Like the lid. Yeah, the ear lid at the top. Yeah. I'm d- demonstrating a periscope. It, I'm a, we think that's called the ear lid. Or lip. And ba- and ba- no, it's not the lip. But basically, that, that is where a series of, of tunnels start. There's a tunnel that goes goes there. There's a tunnel that goes um, kind of under. So there's a series of tunnels that start at the, the ear um, lip. And it went in there and I thought, oh, I've got bloody spider in my <laughs> helmet. <laughs> And um, and I was thinking, I was on quite. How big bi- did it feel? It felt massive. It felt like, it felt massive, like a baby's fist. And I thought, and I I, I was trying to shake because I didn't want it to go in my ear. I thought if it goes in my ear, then um, in I'm going to forget about it by the time I get to the gym because I'm an idiot. And then in, in a year's time, like a million spider babies are going to come out of my ear, right? Um. And so we, uh, so and I, I was going to pull over. And I was thinking, I can't pull over. I can't pull over. Here. It's a main road. I was going to pull over because I was thought I was going to. And basically, I went into a, a, a state of of panic. It was it was panic. I was I was absolutely in a, in a terrible state. And I managed. I saw there was a lay by coming up, so I, I went into the lay by and I took my helmet off and I gave it a good old shot. I, I, I couldn't see the spider. I put my hand in. I was wiping it out. And it, so it, it got out. You sure, it got out. Uh, it got out. It got out. 
And I was thinking, if I was um, on one of these shows, like The Jungle or something, what do they call it when you've got to um, put your head up a kangaroo's ass and it's full, it's full of snakes and, and worms? Payday. Um, if I, I, I would be terrible. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. This is me with a cra- crash helmet and there's one little spider having a go in my ear lip. I, I couldn't do it. Oh, it was awful, Kath. And I, I th- this you was don't on- keep your helmet in a bag. No. Because Norbert gave me a bag for mine, no, a little I, sack thing. I didn't get a bag for mine, but also, what, what had happened, for some reason, my wife had put the, um, put a cover over it, but it's the cover that goes over the, um, the table and chairs in the garden. Oh. So it was, it was Phil, I don't know why she did it, it annoyed me. It was the least of my horrors at the moment. But, um, so, but, so it was, it was horrendous, and I've not felt, I'd, yeah, you're right, um, uh, Periscope, I could have crashed. I could have crashed. crashed. I could have caused a, 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 a pile-up. Um, just off the M4 it was. And, uh, oh, it was awful. And I've, I have felt dirty, dutty, ever since then. I've just not felt the same. I felt like my ear has been, has been, uh, abused. Mm. I was awful. If you've ever had, um, hey, did you see that giant earthworm the woman found? No. Oh, mate, I'm going to show you a picture in the next hour. It's going to blow your mind, right? It, no, no I've one seen go- some big slugs lately. No one Google it. No one Google it. I'm going to tweet it in the next hour. This is going to blow your freaking mind, right? 0344 We've got um, Billy, Bag- Billy Bragg coming up soon. We tried to get Billy Bag, but unfortunately he was busy. This is The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, her Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. With our good friends, time to change. One in four of us is probably going to fight a mental health problem this year, and having a friend in your corner can make all the difference. Go online, search Time to Change to find out more. Talk Radio. Hey guys, go to youtube.com slash rabbit hole. I've uploaded another video of uh, Stephen Page performing a song. This time it's Jane. Multi-camera action. Uh, this is the Late Night Alternative on DAB, on app, and of course on talkradio.co.uk. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Good evening. This is the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. And with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search time to change to find out more. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call this evening, we call you back. It's as simple as that. And you can also Skype late night alternative. I'm just turning Skype on now. Uh, you can Skype us a late night alternative is the um, all one word if you want to call us. Um, so lots to talk about this evening. Oh, yeah. What's there? We know mentioned syllabus earlier. And what's syllabub? Do you know what? Does anyone know what it's a food, isn't it? Syllabub is a food. If I remember correctly, syllabub is a dessert in the the, the great lost pantheon of British desserts. But I um, have absolutely no idea what it is. And do you know what? For some reason, I fancy some syllabub. I fancy... Is it it a bit like... um, Is it like white blancmange? That's how I imagine it in my in my head 
is what you don't these great british puddings that we don't uh, we don't have anymore like i'm gonna say it guys i'm gonna say it so get your sniggers out the spotted dick okay very very good but the stodgy puddings like treacle pudding and and um 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 that's it. That's all I can think of. But it's um, it, it's certainly uh, now. What? Oh, Kath's gone off to get to get some sweets. Get some sweeties, okay. And so I've written all this stuff down. And I need her to talk about. Oh yeah, the phones. Are, oh. I don't. Here's here's where we are. Here's where we are. I don't know how to start the second hour. I don't, I don't know. We can play Billy Bragg a bit later on. I don't know how to start the second hour. The first hour was so full of vim and vigour and excitement and joy. And the second hour, I'm kind of here and I'm feeling a bit... (sighs) Some stories from the paper. Um, Don't really feel like that. What do you reckon? What do you want to do, guys? What do you want to do? 0344. 499-1000 is the telephone number. Late night alternative. Um, can't go to the cinema tomorrow because I'm uh, a little bit busy. I'm busy tomorrow. I've got to be up. I've got um, people coming to my house. Get this, at 9 o'clock in the morning to uh, film some stuff for the website here. They want to film it at my house. I've got to be up at 9 o'clock in the morning. No, I've got to be ready at 9 o'clock in the morning to rock and indeed to roll. Come and... Right, I'm going to show you a picture, Catherine. Yeah. Of this earthworm, right? So it's an earthworm. This is a real thing, okay? You ready? This is a worm, right? So all it is is, is a it worm. really, though? Yes. This isn't going to be a... It's from the telegraph. Uh, telegraph. It's a worm, okay? A two-foot earthworm driven above ground by heavy rain. You ready? Yeah. Whoa! Isn't it? Whoa! That's like an elephant's penis. Look at that. You, you, this, and you know, you know what you want to do to it, don't you? You know what you want to do to it. You want to cut that in half and see if it goes off in it different directions. Go. I don't think that's true. No, I think it is. No. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to tweet that. That really is. That's going to be full of soil. Yep, 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 yep. yep. That is a remarkable. Uh, that what is a, a remarkable picture. Well, listen. I think you've been good, guys. Um, I'm going to let you hear the second track. Um, it's dropping. It's dropping. <laughs> don't please don't take this. Don't put this in the podcast. Right? And don't tape it. If you've got blank tapes at home, keep them blank. In fact, you can't tape it. Just making sense. You can't tape it because um, we've put in that anti-piracy thing. So if you record it, it'll just be a high... It'll just be a... You just get a high-pitched noise all the way through it. Mm. So, um... That's you, isn't it? Yep, yep. Um, I see what you did there, mate. Um, okay, let's... We could do... Which one are you going to hit him with? Well, I could do the song that I've written, but instead I think we're going to do... Everyone's heard me do uh, Seven Years, so I thought we might try... This bad boy. Here we go. Oh, it's downloading it. I don't want you to download. Um, here we go. Enjoy. No also tune. This is all natural. This is a shout out to my ex. Heard he's in love with some other chick. Yeah, yeah, that hurt me, I'll admit. Forget that boy, I'm over it. I hope she get him better sex. Hope she ain't faking it like I did, babe Took four long years to call it quits Forget that boy, I'm over it 
Yes, I should say thank you for the hate shoes and the tattoos. Oh, baby, I'm cool, by the way. Ain't sure I loved you anyway. Go ahead, babe, I'ma live my life. Live my life, live my life. Yeah. Shout out to my ex, you're really quite the man. You made my heart break and that made me who I am. Here's to my ex, hey, look at me now. Well, I'm all the way up, I swear you'll never bring me down. Shout out to my ex, you're really quite the man. You made my heart break and that made me who I am. Here's to my ex. Oh, I deleted all your pics Then I blocked your number from my phone Yeah, yeah, you took all you could get But you ain't getting this love no more uh, Cause now I'm living so legit Even though you broke my heart in two, baby But I snapped right back, I'm so brand new, baby Boy, read my lips, I'm over you, over you, oh. Guess I should say thank you for the hate cues and the tattoos. Oh, baby, I'm cool, by the way. Ain't sure I loved you anyway. Go ahead, babe, I'ma live my life. Live my life, yeah. Shout out to my ex, you're really quite the man. You made my heart break and that made me who I am. Here's to my ex. And this, you're going to find this. Um, you're going to find this fact unbelievable, guys. Before recording that song, I'd never actually heard it. It turns out, I just knew the chorus. I say knew it. I'd, I'd heard the, the first line of the chorus. The rest of it, the verse, I'd never heard it. I'd actually never heard it, and yet, still, managed to turn out something as good as that. 
That shows you what the, the kind of artist I am. None of this, but I tied a sock around the end of my guitar because my dad wanted me to um, study. None of that nonsense. I studied. I got great grades. And uh, I also happen to have a God-given talent as well. And someone who'll understand that is Nigel. Nigel, what did you think oh. to that? How are you? Are you all right? Yeah. I'll ask again, Nigel. What, yeah, did you sure. th- what did you think to that? Well, I haven't got the radio on, have I? You absolute bloody idiot. Why the hell are you phoning? I just played the... S- I just dropped yeah, the second... I, mum's just been ill and I've had to see her because she's got a bad leg at the moment. Don't give me mum's bad leg. I just played you... I just played me singing Shout Out to My Ex. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> what, what is this? Call, right, call, call him back. What the hell is wrong with people? What the hell is going on? Dearie me, I mean. He makes us listen to his crap. He can listen to my good quality. <laughs> um, I bet he's put... He's hung up. He's hung up. Has he? He's hung up. He's had a little hissy fit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Get used to this. You know what this is. Jealousy. Isn't it? Professional green, jealousy. The green-eyed, mm. the green-eyed demon inhabits those we least suspect it to be within, but yet out it comes, crawling at night to the point where other um, uh, less talented individuals find it necessary to hang up the phone. The thing is, as well, because you've collaborated with him in the past, oh, oh. he'll be slighted that you've gone solo. Ah, yes. This, it's got to like, hurt that. Well, I'm like... Um, Timberlake, Timberland, Tim, just Timberlake. No, there's a rap star called Timberland. Yeah. yeah, there's a rap star called Timberland. But I am like Timberlake, and he's like Zayn Malik. Um, I'm the success, well, and he's gone bald. No. Yep, that's how, that, that, that finishes. That's perfect. There. Um, um, leave that where that is, please. Have you got the um, the story about the blind woman? No, I can find it. Go find it. Is the fun? We were going to read this out in Brighton at the Rabbit Hole, and we forgot. Um, and it's the. Funniest. I tell you what, we'll have a quick break. When we come back, we'll read this story out. It is just... Here we are. We've got it. Well, it, well we're going to have a break anyway, because that's what we have to do. Um, this is the late... it, Yep, I'm going to have to have a break, so that's what we're going to do. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It's time to change. Dead of Night Discourse for Disco Queens. I'm related to Jedward and Dolly Parton. Dairy Farmers hi, hi. and Distant Fathers. Yeah, whatever. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Doing lots of things that we don't know about, we can't control. On Talk Radio. Yes. Great. Busy show this evening. You can listen on DAB. You can download the Talk Radio app. You can go to talkradio.co.uk. You can also watch me on periscope.tv slash Ian Lee. What have we talked about so far? Syllabub. We talked about syllabub when you were out. All right. Um, That's one of those sloppy desserts, isn't it? Oh, I wondered if it was more like a blancmange. Can't remember. Um, we have talked about spider in my helmet. Oh, uh, people use this. We, we, we need to make this a law, right? And they have made it a law, I think in Sweden and I think in a city in New Zealand that you're not allowed to be using your telephone when you cross the road. I don't know if it's all of Sweden or if it's a town in Sweden, but it's certainly a town in New Zealand as well. You're not allowed to cross the road when you're looking at your phone, which oh. is, which makes perfect sense. Absolutely well, we perfect do it sense. Anyway. No, but, but, oh, oh, but people do all the time. I fell this fella today. Fella today. I'm I'm coming up to a T junction, so I'm slowing down. Fella, headphones in, looking at his phone, just walks out in front, walks out. So I had to I had to hit the brakes, and he sort of looked up at me and walked on. And I leaned out and said, "Mate, you could, you could actually." Um, <laughs> did we get that one? That, that, kept, that, that, that Sam was just dozing off then, and that's why I kept him on his toes there. Kept him on his toes. Um, sorry, Periscopers, that was inappropriate behaviour for a, um, a man in his 45th year. Um, 
but you see it all the time. People, and it, it, I don't mind... The phone call is not so bad, because you're, generally you're up and you're looking. You're looking forward. You can do that. It's the it's that looking down thing that we all do it. We all do it. It's, it's, it's a common pose now um, of looking down. And here's the thing, right? When I'm looking down, walking on the pavement, right, I look up. Just time it. I look up about every three and a half seconds. Mm. And I've got excellent peripheral vision, right? The moment that peripheral vision goes, I'm cool. I'm going to stop. But I look up about every three and a half seconds. Peripheral vision doesn't just mean moving your eyes. <laughs> Let me show you periscope. Look this. <laughs> idiot was doing do your do do what you thought was peripheral vision do it <laughs> come on uh, that's 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 um, i'm just testing how because my peripheral vision is not good and i was just testing how far mate, i could see you you were doing an impression of a painting in a haunted house <laughs> <laughs> um but so i, I look up that's exactly what I was doing. I look up at every three and a half seconds. So I know exactly what's going on. And my brain is a little bit like the Terminator's brain in that I'm scanning. I'm constantly scanning and I'm building and I'm, I've got all the possibilities of which way people might go. So I'm, so I'm good. But I would, I would, if it became a law that you couldn't walk on the street and look at your phone, I'd, I'd, I'd go along with it. I'd go along with it. Because every day, about 15, 20 times, people... And then if someone walks into you, I've had people say... You should have looked where you were going. I said, I did look where I was going, and I knew you were going to walk into it. Well, you should have moved out of the way then. No, you should have been bloody looking where you were going, you muppet. Something I've noticed. Yes, Catherine. And and it became really apparent when we were in Brighton, and we were surrounded by drunk people the weekend. God. People swerve you and walk into me. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Um, I did notice that in Brighton, yeah. It was a strange phenomenon. It's odd. I think because he's a tall man and I'm a shorter woman. Very short woman. No, I'm above average height, actually, for a woman. I'm five foot six. Yeah, above average height for a munchkin woman. Um, I'll let that go. Only because you can't reach it. Anyway, yeah. so he was forever kind of moving because there was <laughs> loads of people swaying and they were, all, you know, all off the uh, off the chumps in <laughs> Brighton. Let's be oh, frank, was, weren't was, they? They were. It was, it was a lot of. Drunk. It was it, a very it, drunken. It was place. an October beer fest going yes, on. Yes, then some. Yeah. Anyway, so he kept moving me out of the way because people kept swerving into me, and then they would go the other way. It's like they saw the lighthouse and decided that they would swerve it and go into the rocks, rocks instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I so just, I need a shorter friend, is it what I'm saying. Just it, uh, and and uh, p- people walking out into the road, looking at their phones. Jesus, it's, it is the most annoying thing. I had one f- saying this though. I had one fella right. It's on Oxford Street, and it got a little bit leery. Oh, I told you I got out of my car the other day mm. to have a go at someone. I These did... things do happen to you, though, no, don't they? I pulled out. I pulled out of my street, right? And he pulls out into quite a busy road. Okay. And there was plenty of room, right? Car was in the distance. I pulled out. It was 40 miles an hour. Then about a quarter of a mile down the road, it becomes 30. Right? Mm. So I pulled out. And obviously, you've got to accelerate up to 40 miles an hour. Yes. But this guy, and he was some distance away, but he, he didn't slow down. As you, if car pulls out a bit in front, you might slow down a little bit. You shouldn't you? really. Sorry? Well, the person that pulled oh, out okay. failed their driving test. No, 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 no. That. I haven't failed my you driving test. You shouldn't make the... No, you shouldn't I, no, interfere no, no, with the flow of the traffic. No, no, no. No, no, no. But first of all, he's going faster than 40. All right, fair enough. He's going faster right. than 40. Uh, okay. the, the distance he was, I had plenty of room to pull out, right? right? So I pulled out. 
But then he, he's, going, he's doing about 50, 55. Outrageous. Then he comes right up my Harris. He's right up there. To make the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's there. And then about 20 seconds later, he, he beeps me. And I'm like, I'm in, a, I'm in a terrible mood anyway. So I just give him that. Give him the finger. That. Right. And I'm, uh, he, he's right up my ass. So I put the... I, I, I stop, right? Just to say, back off, right? This is... I've got your point. So I stop. And then I pull away. I, I, I sort of put the brake on and just, I don't stop completely, but hit the brake and... And he just keeps going up my arm. He's right up there. Right, right. Literally, there could have been no more than two inches between us. He's right. enter your exhaust pipe. I thought, right. I, well, I don't want to take any risks here. Um, so I slowed down to about 15 miles an hour. Right. So it's very, very slow on this 30, now 30 mile an hour stretch. I thought, I'm going to slow down. Because if, I, if I'm going at normal speed and I have to brake, if I do an emergency stop, he's going to enter me. So... I slowed down that, that was the reason why he slowed down, not, right, I'm really going to annoy him now. No, oh God, no, no, no. No, you wouldn't, wouldn't do, do that. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't no, do that. No, 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 that's not, that's not, not a thing for that's me. It's irresponsible. So then we get into these lights when it's a single carriage. It's a road. So there's our lane and there's traffic coming the other way, right? So we're getting up to these traffic lights that are red, right? And I could see what he's going to do and I couldn't react quick enough. He overtook, literally, there's about two cars distance between me and the traffic lights... He suddenly bombs it and overtakes me and then cuts me up as we get to the traffic lights and pushes me into the kerb so my wheel hits the kerb, oh right? And I was in such a bad mood anyway because I was having the worst day ever. So I got out of the car. I've, n- I never, I've never done that before. I got out of the car. He gets out of his <gasps> car. You kissed. No, and he was, he was, um, he looked like a thug. Mm. He had a suit on, but it was a shiny suit. Did he have a thumb head? Yes, he did. Of course he did. And he, I went, what are you doing driving like an absolute winker? And he, and he said, and I swear to God, this is, I'm not doing him a disservice. Well, you you driving like a bloody idiot. Like that. And I went, what did you say? You're driving like a bloody idiot. I said, you can't even string an effing sentence together, you twit. Didn't say twit. And he went, ah, why don't you F off? I said, why don't you F off? And then so he, you both effed off. He got in his car and I and he turned left. I got in my car, drove straight on. I was shaking a little bit. I was shaking a little bit. I thought, what an absolute arse. It was awful, awful human being. People like that should be um, should be d- d- destroyed by legal means or non-legal means. I bet he walks around you looking at his phone as well, bumping into people and then saying it's their fault because they weren't looking where he was going. Worst of all, yeah. all his texts are misspelt. Yeah, probably. Anyway, we are, you've got a good story about a blind lady. I have. Yeah. This comes courtesy of Kicker Daily News. Yeah. <laughs> it was in loads of places, but yeah. it happened a while ago, and I yes. could only find it on this one. Okay. A woman in Spain could land herself in trouble for faking her blindness. Faking her blindness. Wow, here we go, guys. For this is it. 28 years. Stevie Wonder's been doing it longer. Fooling not only the community, her family, and her own husband, come on, but also some private institutions from which she received benefits. Aha! Uh-huh. Carmen Jimenez, a resident of Recoletos in Madrid. Oh, God. Well, don't do it. Please. Can we, please. Pretended to be no, blind. No, no, no. Hang on. Don't say the town names in a foreign accent. I'm not Recoletos. You're going Recoletos. No, if I was say- doing it in a foreign accent, I'd say Recoletos. You just say in Recoletos in Spain. It's not Recoletus. Recoletus. It's not Recoletus. Recoletus. Stop saying Recoletus. Isn't, isn't that what um, Stu Francis used to say? Oh, I could Recoletus. 
didn't he? Jump over a doll's house. Yeah. Pretended to be blind for the past 28 years and had just recently admitted to her lie. Why? You might as well... She's committed. Yeah. Her reason was so simple that most people could probably relate to it. No, it wasn't. It's nuts. She hates saying hello to people, especially those she doesn't even know, because she's antisocial. Yeah, I get this. She's... I get it. Shy. She's shy. Defending herself, Carmen, now 57, says, I was tired of seeing people and stopped to say hello. I've never been very social, and pretending to be blind, I avoided many social commitments. Good for her. I'm with this lady. Almost three decades ago, Carmen faked an eye injury, which later led to her supposedly going totally blind. Her family, especially her husband, (laughs) Uh said the incident was a big blow to everyone, but they nevertheless supported her. He knew. Come on. You would know. Um... If I've not got my glasses on, my husband, like, just tests it by flicking me the Vs. I mean, he was, he will, he will have been doing that for 28 years. She must have let him know. A little, little wink. Uh, could, could you put the television on? You can't see it. I know. Little wink. I know. I know. Well, yeah. she did watch the television. So blind people do watch the television. They listen to it. Yeah. Because this is the thing, right? Her family said the incident was a big blow, but they never less supported her. The husband started suspecting something isn't right about his wife's blindness because she was able to wear proper makeup most of the time. Get this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would also often catch her watching TV from the corner of her eye. There we go. <laughs> well, then. Recently, she finally admitted to her family's shock that she'd always been able to see perfectly. I love it. God, what they must have done in front of her thinking she couldn't see. But her family's reaction to her revelation should be the last of her worries since she could be facing a serious legal challenge for accepting financial and personal assistance from private organisations, which means she defrauded them. Uh-oh, it gets serious. Yeah. Carmen Jimenez's story went viral on Spanish social media, but many doubted the veracity of her story, saying it's unbelievable to fake blindness for so many years without being busted. I say that it's unbelievable to fake blind. That's a very odd way of phrasing it. It's, who's written this? I'm, oh. Ron E. J. Carl, Carleon. I suggest this is a translation because it's poor. But, um, yes, I would suggest that it's unbelievable to fake blindness for so many years without being busted too. Okay, well... Then, Watching telly out the corner of her eye. Then someone sent me this story, right? Blind golfer's eyesight was suspiciously above par. <laughs> But I'm getting all these weird pop-ups that I can't get rid of. I've got this weird pop-up and I don't want it. When a group of blind golfers teed off at an annual tournament, they thought each stood a good chance of winning the coveted trophy. But when some began holding long putts, pointing towards the green, and even reading from their own scorecards, some eyebrows were raised. And by the time the winner walked off the 18th green, the result was already in doubt amid claims that sighted players had taken part. One observer who did not want to be named was appalled at the apparent abuse of goodwill and wrote an anonymous letter to the local newspaper. It said, I work in the voluntary sector, so I'm aware of most disabilities and their consequences, but it was obvious the majority of these blind people were sighted. The majority. In the clubhouse, I observed blind people walking around unaided, buying refreshments and going up and down stairs with ease. 
Outdoors, many were pulling their own golf trolleys, and one in particular was reading a scorecard. I watched players tee off with little or no assistance, and several watched their own shot approach a green. One particular gentleman even pointed up the fairway toward a green 200 yards away before asking, Is that a flag? I struggled to see the flag against the tree line, and I can see to drive a car. Perhaps the worst of all was the number of blind players who putted out without any assistance and then picked their own ball out of the cup. (gasps) The tournament held at Downfield Golf Club in Dundee earlier this month was attended by 20 golfers from a variety of clubs, including Tayside and Fife Blind uh, Golf Society. Many players were accompanied by a guide who assisted... Here we go. In descri- I was wondering how they do it. Who assisted in describing distance, direction and characteristics of the hole. They also help with club alignment. Um, okie dokie. Okay. Um, but what, I mean, what you do is you, you just go, Hey, blimey, that's a hole in one, Dave. Well done, mate. You won't believe that. It's like you got, you'd want to knock off early, wouldn't you? Well, you got a hole in one. We're absolutely blinding. Oh, you wouldn't say that. No. Well, I wouldn't say that. I didn't mean that. What's the point, though, in their case, pretending to be... What, they won a trophy. It was a coveted trophy. Yeah, but they didn't really win it, did they? Well, <laughs> come on, I mate. mean, morally. Che- cheats prosper. Cheats prosper. Well, Crime pays me... and cheats prosper. That reminds me of a story my um, Spanish friend Sonia told me. Yeah. She used to play um, basketball to quite a competitive level. Yes. And um, the other team in the area was you know it was a real fierce rivalry between them yeah and there was one player on the team who was really it's all women one player on the team who was like really strong and fast and a lot taller than the rest turned out to be a fella oh manolo no manolo not manola oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can Skype late night alternative. This is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, her Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. With time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year, and having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search time to change to find out more. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nut job, but not that kind of nut job. On talk radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no! Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can Skype late night alternative. Um, Barry's on the line. Good evening, Barry. Hello, Ian. Yeah, just uh, congratulations to Kathleen yourself on the recent award. Thank you very much indeed. We're very, very thrilled. I don't know where I've put it. Oh, it's in the boot of my car. That's where it is. It's in the boot of my car. That was really good. Really good, uh, Ian. Thank you. Um, Yeah, just uh, on the situation with people on phones on the pavement, I've noticed over the years that it's got really dangerous. Phones in particular, but you've got cycles as well, Ian. Yes. And then on top of that, you've got dogs on these long leads, you know? So they become quite dangerous places. Well, no, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Um, uh, dogs on leads? Yeah, they've got these long leads, Ian, haven't they? You know where they, the, the dogs run right in front and they... No, but of... I've never seen... But, 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 but I've only ever seen owners, because I've got one of those extended leads, but then when we get somewhere where it's a bit busy, we, we rein the dog in. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the responsible ones, um, Ian, but, you know, you've got some that let the dogs no. right out, so you're coping with, like, three no. different things. No, I've never, I've never seen someone do that with a dog lead in a busy area. Yeah, I do get it on pavement, Ian, but, I, I mean, I guess some people should say, um, in terms of running, you know, I've, I've found over the years, you know, pretty safe places, everybody could... Uh, you know, walk there and do the thing, but, um... Here's the thing. Here's a, this is a question I want to ask you as a runner. We, I'm walking down the street, you're running towards me. Who... Uh, and it's a narrow um, pavement, there's only room for one person. One of us is going to have to step into the road. Whose job is it to step in the road? I think it's one of these sort of British things, you know, it's politeness. I think one or the other no. will make the move, but no. What you find sometimes, they just, they make a point of it, so you've got to then run into the road. Yeah, no, ex- no, 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 I'm, I, and back me up on this, guys, because this is what I think, 0344 499 I am convinced that the person travelling the fastest is the one that's got to go, that's got to go into the road. You've made a choice to travel at a ridiculous speed, so it should be, it, it sh- it's not down to me to step in the road, it's down to the runner to step into the road. That's what I think. Back yeah, me up, guys. That, that's fine, but, you know, surely these things could be mutually agreed. You know, you do it out of politeness, don't you? haven't you? got time to, sit, to, to stop and have a little vote on it, though. Press your red buttons now. No. No, you, I, I think the rules should be. Just as... Here's the thing. If you were... C- Catherine, if you were captain of a ship... Yes. And I were captain of a ship... Mm-hmm. And we were both heading towards each other... Yeah. Um, what, what's the way we're supposed to turn? Isn't it sort of Make the decision quickly. We're heading no, there towards is a rule. each other. Yeah, there I know. We're heading towards each other. Because there's both... a red and a green light, isn't there? A... Come on, we're he... which way? We're going to hit in five. I go left. Four... Uh, sorry, that doesn't exist on a boat. Three. Port. Two... Thank you very much. You just averted disaster because we both went port on a, on a ship. And that's the rule, okay? And everybody knows that. And Catherine was panicking a little bit because I just... Because I just, kept... he was clicking his fingers. Clicking my fingers, yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but no, I think the rule should be um, if you are uh, on a narrow pavement and one person is walking and one person is running, that the runner should be the one that's, that goes into the road. OK, yeah, I think that happens a lot of times, but I still think it comes down to politeness. You yeah. know, one will make the decision. It's not a big thing. I think um, the, it should be looking, the law. Looking forward to the um, uh, Billy Bragg interview. Billy Bragg, uh, about an hour's time. It's a cracking interview. Boy, oh boy, he can talk. What wonderful, wonderful company, Barry. Lovely. And nice talking to you then, Ian. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Take it easy, mate. Uh, let's go to Venison. Hello, Venison. Hello, Venison. Venison, can you hear me? Can you feel me near? Uh. Hello? Yes? This is a oh, hello? Hello, yes, Venison. Are we? Oh, yeah, okay. We are on. We are on, man. Uh, this is happening. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal indeed. That's going to be my catchphrase from now on. Good deal. Oh, my God. And I... Can you hear me? And I lost the website. I don't know how. Anyway... What? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay. You know, now to Skype. Yes. I didn't, real- I didn't realize there was a live feed. Cool. Yeah, but turn the live feed... I hate feed that o- DAP player, player... Turn the live feed it. off, because I, if you're listening through what? the live feed, I think there's going to be a delay. So just listen through Skype to me now while we're talking. It's a delay. I thought I was listening to Skype. <laughs> there's about a 20 yeah. second... There's about a 20 and- second delay. Well, I'm going to pure Skype now. Okay, beautiful. Well, th- th- what have you got for us, fella? Where are you calling from? 
I'm going to New Jersey, USA. New Jersey. You remember, this is the guy from the other week when we phoned the radio station. Oh, yeah. oh dude, of course it is, man. I'm so sorry. My 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 brain is all <laughs> over the shop. How are you doing, brother? I tell you why I didn't uh, recognise it was you. It's because you've got, um, you've changed your, your picture. It's now two kittens cuddling. Uh, yes, you know... I had to do that because of last night, because I had another picture up that were like, you were like looking at it going, ooh, um, yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> naughty, naughty venison 88. That is very, well, no. very no, it wasn't really, it wasn't really that naughty. It was a picture of Yiffer. It's one of the characters that I have here. It's a fox. Yiffer. And, uh... And Andy is, of course, you more or less looking at him from the back end. And as they, as they put it, he was presenting himself. Hey, can I ask you a question, right, uh, the, about American culture that has always fascinated me, and I've never asked oh. anyone, right? I like 60s, I like American music and American television. Yeah. I love the monkeys, I love the Beach Boys, I love Lost, yeah. I loved Lost. And one thing keeps popping up in, whenever I read books about American culture, one series keeps popping up, right? What yeah. the hell is Gilligan's Island? Because oh. <laughs> we never had it, I've never seen it. In my head, it's like a 60s version of Lost, where some people get stuck on an island forever. Yeah, is that's that pretty much it. <laughs> Who's Gilligan? You know, it's a comedy, it's a, you know, sit comedy, yeah. situation comedy, and, uh, you know, as the, as the story goes, you know, the, uh, the uh, crew and passengers of the minnow went out for a three-hour tour, a <laughs> three-hour tour. You know, then they get in the storm, end up end up on this island, and yeah. the boat's wrecked. Okay, so Gilligan is the first mate, and you know, and uh, you know, then you had the captain. I can't remember his name now. Oh God, it's been so long since I saw it. But you know, and those two try to keep things together. Yeah. But they, hang on, they the only went out on, together. Venison, they only went out on the boat for three hours. They can't be that far away from mainland America. That's what we thought. Jeez. <laughs> but, but somehow or another, the this, this storm blew them way right. off course. Okay. You know, and set them on that island. And everything that happened after that is just high drinks comedy. High drinks? Yeah, they're trying to build the radio. They're trying, you know, to get the HUD together. They're trying to live their lives out, you know, as much as they can, stuck on that island. Did they ever get off the island? Is there, like, an episode at the end when they get off the island? Uh, not in the TV series. They did it in a movie. Oh! Yes. (laughs) Oh, I like that. I might go straight to the movie, then. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the movie's kind of weird too, because they had, you know, they more or less had to get off by lashing the huts together on a raft type of thing. Yeah, because the you know, the island was being flooded. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers! <laughs> luckily, luckily they managed to make that raft. Uh, when this is the thing, this is why sometimes the threat of imminent death, I think, should be made. Um, uh, we, we should perhaps bring this into schools. Because these people were stuck on this island for years, but when it was going to flood and they were all going to drown, oh, they, ma- they managed to make a raft. <laughs> all of a sudden. And maybe if, if we had that in schools, kids, if you don't study for this exam properly, you're all going to get flooded. It might, that fear... More danger. Yeah, more danger is what we need to increase um, our education standards. It does concentrate the mind, well, we've though, got that it? danger. We've got that danger. Of course you have. 
between you know between fires everywhere, you know, flooding everywhere, you know, massive hurricanes everywhere. I mean, come on, jeez, fire, <laughs> fire and hurricanes, mate. Are you joking? We're talking about nuclear weapons from Iran and North Korea. Yeah, that too. Well, not well, not necessarily from them, from us, from you, you know? yeah, because you. you know, when, if we strike first. All the automatic systems, yeah. they're going to sit there and throw everything our way. Yeah. And all the arm automatic systems are going to throw everything their way. And then the humanity will be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Fun, fun times. Few, Bring it on. With, with a few mutants here and there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring it on. So what you been up to today, Venison? Well, mostly, well, it's just, I finished my show. So now how, I'm sitting here How did that go tonight? Was it good? Uh, well, yeah, I can't. I can't tell. <laughs> I just do it. But do, pe- do you get feedback from from um, people afterwards? Going, that was a good one, man. Or that was that was terrible. That sucked. Well, do, do, do people get in touch and, and and tell you what they think? Uh, not often. You know, yeah. I've been here. I've been here for fourteen years now. They gotten used to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You become part of the furniture, don't you? After a while. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, but so I'm kind of running out of material because I'm stuck here yeah. and can't get out much. You know, so I don't get to see the wild and crazy things I normally see in my life. But you know, I could, you know, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up to you. For one thing, yes, what is going on over there? Sorry, Becky. You, you know, <laughs> you know, sighted people pretending to be blind. <laughs> Shut what up. is up with that? Shut up, man. Your president can't even phone up a widow and get her dead husband's name right. So don't don't start having a go at us. Well, it just, okay, we've got some really nice trophies, and the only way to get them is to pretend to be blind. What's the problem with that, dude? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's just it. Trump might do it. He lies a lot. He'll pretend he's blind just to get the golf trophy. <laughs> Thing is, uh, he, he probably will. I, I only grabbed her pussy because I couldn't see where my hand was going. That's what, that's what he <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, man. You do it You do it as well. Listen, uh, the, the, we all know, it, it's very, we all know it's, the, it's the best fun you can have uh, on a night out. If you want to get treated well, bring a wheelchair along, put a blanket over one of your mate's laps and push him around. Seriously, you will get free drinks, you will get free food, you'll get girls talking to you. It's the best way to have a fun night. Uh, if you say so, but, you know, my friend and I just went into a bar down the shore and said, uh, you know, you know, we're Vietnam veterans and all like that. And he saved my life and they and they sling free drinks our way. <laughs> you pretend we... to be Vietnam vets? Wow, that's low. That is, that is <laughs> despicable. You pretend to be a war hero? Wow, man. Did you <laughs> actually do mean? that? That wasn't me. I was even going, what the hell are you doing? Just how long? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Got a man. bunch of beers, though. Got drunk as hell. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, man. That's, that's what we... I, I think all of our veterans, real or otherwise, should be given as much free beer as they can get down their necks. That's what I, that's what I think. What else did so, you have, Venison? Well, other than, you know, also, you know, when you mentioned something about uh, always looking down when you're walking. Yeah. 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 There's a good reason for that. Yeah. Because you find stuff. Hey, do you oh, know what? God. He's not wrong. I, this, is, this was the other day. I was in central London, Venison, and I saw it about 100 yards away. A bloke dropped a coin. And it was just, it went into the road, 
but he, he didn't see it, and someone else looked at it and walked on. I thought, oh, I'm having that. And I got closer. Whoa, 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 whoa. You saw who dropped it, and you didn't just give it to him. Oh, it was, it was 100 yards away. Uh, so I got to it. 50 pence piece. 50 pence. I was, I had it. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's exactly it. I find money on the ground all the time. Yep. You know, plus also lighters. Um, <laughs> use condoms, I say, away from those. Jeez, what is uh, wrong with your country? <laughs> <laughs> Dirty dogs! <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, you find all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 especially in the clump. Oh, God. <clears throat> hey, man, is it, still, um, is it still illegal to make underwear out of the American flag? Uh, tell you the truth, I don't know if that was legal or not, but people did it anyway. I, because I'm sure I, I read... I've seen bikinis in there. I'm right? sure I read that, that, that years ago, to thank America for helping us out in World War II, eventually, <laughs> that we sent them over loads of, like, gifts. Right? right. We manufactured loads of gifts, and one of the things we manufactured was the Americas, the Stars and Stripes, but as underwear. Really? This is what... what? Uh, I mean, post-war, that seems very racy, this post-war. This is what I heard, right? You dirty mothers. And, and um, <laughs> America, it was basically, it was, it was, we, we might as well send a picture with the middle finger raised. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, it was the worst insult we could possibly do, and, and uh, relations between America oh. and England cooled <laughs> substantially because of that. I am sure that is true. I'm sure well, I've read that somewhere. Of course it was. Yeah, go, oh, yeah, sure. Send us the American flag in something we can fart on. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have to salute it every day at school? If, you go to, if you're a kid at school, you've got to stand up and salute the flag. Uh, no. No, it doesn't happen. Okay, good. No, you sue, but not anymore. Not anymore. Venison, right. I've got to go because I'm late for the ads. It's always good to talk to you, man. Don't keep changing your picture because oh, yeah, yeah. it Bert, confuses one me. Last thing, one last thing, though. Yeah. When you're when you're on the street or on the sidewalk, you're walking. He's running. You know, pretty much the walker should go because the Shut runner up. is going all kinds of speed no, no. and might not be able to have as much control. Why is he throwing in this controversial thing at the end? No, if you're walking down the street <laughs> and someone's running towards you, they have made the choice to travel at dangerous high speeds. It's up to them to, to act uh, <laughs> yes, effectively and move out the way. It's because they're traveling at dangerous high speeds, you get out of their way. You're going to travel at dangerous high speeds into my fist in a minute. <laughs> it's nice to talk to you, Benison. Take care. <laughs> Ta-ta. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It's time to change. It's electric. It's eclectic. It's always rule-free. It's the Late Night Alternative with that man, Ian Lee, <laughs> on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand Skype late night alternative. Catherine, you were just showing me an interesting thing. Yeah, this You're is the Japanese city of Okawa is yes. um, famous for its furniture, or as I like to say, Okawa. Okay. Oh, we found. Sorry. Oh yes. We'll talk about it in a minute. Talk about that, and then we'll talk about this, okay. this TV show we okay. found on Netflix. So I've just retweeted it. Um, this uh, mid-century Japanese furniture. They, yep. they, you know, Japanese have got a real eye for detail. And it's beautiful furniture to start with, but they've scaled it down for cats, right? right? And it's there's some brilliant pictures of these cats lying on their cat-sized sofas, looking at each other. So they're to say, replicas of your sofa, but smaller for cats. Yeah, it's genius. And you can have your own cat room. I had a brilliant idea for an invention for cats, Go on. Right? and this is actually proper thing, right? Um, the worst thing about having a cat 
is if you shut the doors in your house, as I do, like keep draft, I like, always brought up to shut the doors to the living room if you're in there. The cat, well, you have to keep get up to get let the cat out, let the cat in. And so I had a brilliant idea that you would make a cat flap, mm. so the cat flap for inside, but it would be a, t- it would go in the door, but it would be a tiny replica of the door. The oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? So Alice so, in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. So it's, so it's you got you got your door, mm-hmm. and then exactly the same but tiny for the cat is at the bottom, and Beautiful. it goes in and out. It's a great idea, isn't it? Love that. I had that about ten years you ago. You have to be in the house that you're going to be in forever because that sounds pricey. Oh no, well no, you don't. I mean, yeah, some cat thing is with cats though. You, they're they're dead cheap to run once you've got them going. You know, I was thinking so. more of the expense of putting the doors in. No, I know exactly. So you don't mind a little bit of uh, all right, a little bit of um, that. It's a anyway, good idea. You should take it to the dragons. Uh, oh, screw the dragons. Now, who was it? Someone sent me... Um, Spencer sent me a message about a Japanese TV programme on Netflix. What was it called? Terraced House. Terraced House. Terraced or House. Terraced House. <laughs> and it, and we, we've only watched the first episode. right? Apparently it, was it was slow. Apparently it was quite a big thing in Japan. Then it stopped and then Netflix have picked it up. Right. So basically, it's sort of like Big Brother, except the people, there's only six of them, three girls, three boys, and they're free, they they get a house in in a city, in this series it's Tokyo, and they get the keys to a car, and they they live together for a few months. But they can go out and go to work and stuff. Yeah, 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 one of them's a tap dancer. (laughs) Tap dancer. Um, Turns out that's the Japanese tap dancer. Yeah, tap dancer. And, um... It is. We watched it, and then and then it cut. You'll see a bit, and then it cuts away to like this panel that are sat there in this in this room with canned laughter. Yeah, laughing at them, laughing at them. And uh, one of them's going, "I won't do the accent." They're saying it in Japanese. It's subtitles. Well, I don't like her. I think she's. I think she's choosy. I think she's going to be trouble. Yeah. Think, and you've literally you've just seen them come in and sit down. But. It's an antidote to all the stuff we've got over oh, here mate. because you know you see three guys, three girls going into a luxury um, yep. house, given the keys to a luxury house for um, three months or whatever it is. You think you know what's going to happen. I mean, I've just watched the end of Geordie Shore, flipping heck. I mean, yep. it, Geordie Shore is the same series repeated over and over again. They all make the same mistakes. They're all you know getting into each other's beds, and then the girl gets attached, and the boy doesn't, and then they go out clubbing, and the boy cops off with someone else, and then they kick off, and it's all that. But this is. It's completely not that. Yeah, it's not scripted. There's none of that. that what do they call it? Augmented reality. No, they don't. That's scripted confusing. reality. Scripted reality. It's none of that. They just sit around rather awkwardly because they're Japanese. They're all very pol- lots of lots of bowing. No small talk. No small talk. And they sat there really. Um, two of the girls are absolutely stunning. There's a beefcake of a guy. Funnily enough, the model is not. The no, most she's not at one, all. No, she? no, it's the other two. Um, uh, and I wonder, I wonder if that, if if that's a Western thing. Yes. If we're seeing different different aspects of beauty, it is. Um, there's a beefcake of a guy, and then there's two slightly sort of nerdy g- blokes. One of them, one of them is a hairdresser, and he's mm. bought a, a sewing machine because he's just got into sewing. Yeah, it's just a hobby. Yeah, this and is the other thing as well. The subtitles are completely oh, utilitarian, yes. so it's just yes, that's my sewing machine. It's just a small hobby. But it is it is great. So we've watched one episode, and I've I, I've got a feeling not a lot is going to happen in the next seventeen episodes. It's not going to kick so off. So we'll is watch it, it um, not tomorrow because not not in. We'll watch it again. I'll watch a couple on Thursday, 
And if if it's going well, one of the weird things. So I, I, I'm guessing the guy with the the collarless shirt. I th- I, I'm guess no. I'm guessing the guy with the glasses on the right is a comedian mm-hmm, with the stripy cut. Co- yeah, yeah. I think he's a comedian. Then there's a couple of sort of w- women, one slightly older, and there's a slightly more serious guy, and there's a 14 year old kid who's just a fan of the show, mm. and they sit there and they pass judgment. Um, and it's it's the strangest thing. So I'm going to give it a couple more episodes, and if if we get into it, I'm going to reach out to them, as the Americans say, and see if we can get someone from the show to come on um, uh, on the show on our show and, and talk about Terry's house. Terry's house, and we're learning Japanese as well. What's the word for wow that they use a lot? Sugoi. Sugoi. I mean, it's that every it means, two it means, seconds. It means amazing. It's cool like that. So they walk around the house going sugoi, 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 sugoi. It is, it is, it's the, thank you so much for, for pointing us in the direction of that, because we were sat there, and we all, you had, um, what's it called, bread bake on? <laughs> bake, bake off. off. You had bake off, and I was, I couldn't be bothered with that, and then we just went, oh, let's have this. Another hour to go, Billy Bragg's coming up in the next hour. I, it's a really good interview, I think you're going to enjoy it, he's, he's got loads to say. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio, and of course with our friends at Time to Change. What a thrill to have them on board. One in four of us will unfortunately fight a mental health problem this year. It makes it a bit easier if you've got a mate in your corner. Search Time to Change to find out more. Talk radio. Just arguing with some uh, people on on Periscope. It's quite good fun. You can watch the show on periscope.tv slash Ian Lee. You can listen on DAB on app or, of course, at talkradio.co.uk. More of your calls after this. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. You you're fine there, man. You've had What's to white there? Right there the because you can help lose weight in her legs and it won't look so ridiculous, will it? With fat legs with chunky shoes, will it?
having fun on Periscope there, just just shouting at some people because I've called them. Here's what I've discovered, right? In this generation, um, you've got to. That's the thing tuned to the family, by the way, the, which is which we we've got to crack on with. <laughs> we were watching the, the family is the first. Here we go. This is the end. Of, Um, so it's the first kind of reality TV show, Fly on the World. We used to call it a documentary back in those days, about this family in Reading. And we watched episode one on the train coming back from yeah. Leeds. And there's a delicious scene where the young, the, um, <laughs> there's, there's a young couple, they're the children, it's the son of the, the parents and his girlfriend, or they're married, wife. His wife. And they're, what, 17, 18, and they've got an 18-month-old kiddie. And they're living with the mum and dad. And um, they're filling in, uh, they're writing a letter to the council to try and Yes, she's trying to say that their um, living arrangements aren't working out. And I'm having a great deal of difficulty with my mother-in-law. She wants us to move out. And he's coming up with all these, what he thinks are long words to try and make it sound more official. And it's really interesting because it's it's 1974. It's a real glimpse at at class. It's a glimpse at um, uh, um, the the working class and poor people. It's a glimpse at um, people, this gentleman is not particularly well educated, so it's... It, it's looking at that. It's looking at people in a real desperate situation. You know, they're living in a tiny room within their parents' house with a kiddie. The whole family's yeah, living yeah. there. So oh. there's two. There's a. There's another sister who's got a boyfriend that, yeah. who's the lodger. Yeah. They're living there. Yeah. There's, there's a fifteen-year-old sister. sister, isn't there? And there's a nine-year-old lad. Yeah, right? gosh. So he, the, 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 he's di- helping this woman, his wife, to write the letter. But then he's he's reading this um, thing. He's he's reading the porno. What was it called? Clim- Climax. <laughs> He's reading a magazine called Climax. But he's and reading it as if he's flicking through it like yeah. it's a Sunday supplement. And he's, and, he's, and he's dictating a letter to her to write to the council. His 18-month-old kiddie is there playing with a lighter. He's reading Climax. <laughs> it is unbelievable. But you know, he's what? He's an 18-year-old man. This is the thing. And you're watching it and thinking, God, my parents are 21 when they have me. And the thing... The, the overriding theme in that first episode was... When's the when's the sister going to sort her boyfriend out and get him to marry her? He wants to move into a flat of their own, and she won't move in till she's married. But she's seventeen. I've just had a I've just had a brilliant idea. Oh, I've had a I've had a oh I've had a blinding idea. Go on. We could, if if we worked in an office, I would tell everyone to stop everything. I'm going to go out and buy donuts and coffee now. I've had a blinding idea. Go on. Right. So. Some some members of that family are still alive, right? Yeah. We've got um, Claudia from Paddington Green yes. I'm in contact with. We get a few more people like that. We invite them out for a meal. We oh. take them out for a meal. We book a table in a restaurant and we have, I don't know what, I don't know, a dozen people, ten, eight, nine, ten, whatever, from all different reality shows, docu- uh, documentaries, they're documentaries. I, I, I've fallen for that thing and they're documentaries. Um... We do that, and we yeah. take them out for a meal, and we just, we just record them chatting. Yeah, it's not us interviewing them. No, 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 it's them chatting. It's there. we set up a few t- microphones around the table, it's them chatting about life, their experience doing the shows, their experience after the show when everyone disappeared. You can maybe get someone from 7 Up. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a really of course. Good idea. Go. There we go. Right. Oh, this this will be our project. I doubt we'll get it done before Christmas. No, because this is going to take a bit of work. We'll get it done next year. Um, but li- this will be our project for the next. Oh, this is a great idea. Well, this is our project for the next couple of months. So if you're listening to this, dear listener, and you're thinking of, of one of those classic documentary shows like Paddington Green, before people got wise to it and wanted yeah, to make big stars, like themselves. Seven Up, like um, Seven Up's great because that's coming out again in t- 2019. Like, if, if you can think of anything, send me an email. 
Ian at ianlee.com. Um, and, um... Or if that's you, if you were in oh. it. Because I've, I've been wanting to go and talk to Claudia, um, who wrote... She was in Paddington Green, you, you may remember. She was the frizzy-haired girl who's into astrology, and she worked in the, um, the moped, the Vesper Centre. She still works there. She's still, and I nearly bought a scooter from her, but in the end I went and got one from somewhere else. But we've been emailing each other a bit. We've got... Well, Facebooking each other a little bit. Um... Oh, that would be that would be incredible! All right, well, that's something. Uh, this is the late night alternative, dear listener, with me and Lee, her Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio, and of course, with our friends at Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Experience the unconventional, Evening, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox exactly. with rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. With time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Such time to change to find out more. We'll be talking more about that um, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, because we're not here on Thursday evening. That is what, that is what will be, uh, that is what will be happening. Jamie East is your host tomorrow. There we go. Be nice to him. Um, everyone's raving about this movie, The Death of Stalin. I thought it was so-so. I saw it ages ago, and I had to sign an NDA. Very trendy at the moment. Second NDA of my life. Um... Uh, to say that I wouldn't talk about it before a certain date. I was, I thought it was a bit boring. Everyone's raving, five-star reviews. And there's some funny bits in it. And see what's nice. It's always nice to see Michael Palin doing comedy. Cause you don't, you don't get, him, get him doing comedy that much. That's why I, I loved the live Monty Python shows a few years ago. Cause it was just so nice to see Michael Palin doing comedy again. Um, and there's some funny bits and pieces in it. And it was nice that they all spoke in their own accents. And... It, but, but I watched it and just thought it was a bit meh. Okay, let's uh, see what you've done there, guys. But everyone's raving about it. Five star reviews. Mm. I wonder if it's a bit um, because it's um, Ianucci. Yeah, do you think it's affection for him and for Palin? And I think it's I think it's the Ianucci factor. Is that people are perhaps saying, well, this is a very intelligent, intellectual, uh, highbrow comedy, but it ain't that funny? What do you think, Emperor's New Clothes? A little bit. I mean, I mean, it's not a stinker by any means. It, there's some funny bits in it. But it's not all that and a bag of chips. No, and it's talking about Stalin. And, um, you know, it was responsible for the death of many, many people. So, you know, it, it, it just, I just wasn't that funny. Or maybe you're wrong. Maybe they're all right. No, 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 no. No, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely right. Front page of the sun. The star, sorry. Secret of two gay prem footy aces. Sorry? That's the front page of the start. Oh, and is it 2017 and we're now still threatening to out people? An ex-Premier League footballer has revealed he had two openly gay teammates during his four years in the English game. One okay, a big so name. It wasn't a secret then, was it, to the people that mattered? I looked at that and I thought, oh, God. Just when you think you've gone, you, you, you know, we've, we've come forward so far, we, we get dragged back 25 years with that. With that. Full story, page 10. Prem Ace brought his boyfriend to training. Great, good, good. for them. I hope he had a good time. I enjoyed it. I'd have found it boring. Gay players shock. An ex-Premier League star has revealed he had two openly gay teammates during his time in the English in English football. Um, uh, do you know what? I actually 
I'm a, I'm I think the story's rubbish, but I'm reassured by the fact that that, that was okay. That everyone was cool with it. So this fella, this this fella, it says here, it's careful to say. This is his name. Um Carl Hufkins. Carl Hufkins, the married dad of two, <laughs> so he's not a gay lord. So what it's they're what saying, they say. he ain't a bender, he's all right, he's one of us. Said, I played alongside three gay footballers, including one who was a genuinely a big name. They did not hide who they were in the dressing room. One was at Club Bruges, and the other two were in England. One of them would even arrive at training with his boyfriend. I won't name names as I respect their requests. And then he goes on to say, I find it strange that homosexuality is still a taboo in football. It's not up to you to. It's not up to you to 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 play that hinting game. It's no. not up to you. It's up to them. I wonder whether this is part of a bigger interview and that it's been um, magnified. No active player has come out in England since Justin Fashion in 1990. He committed suicide. I mean, it's not up to us to say. Hey, did you know that such and such was gay? It's not up. To, it's up to them to say that. No. It's up to them and to say but it, if they want to, but, and if they don't want to. But if they've come out to, to their teammates, as it sounds there, and everything was uh, that's quite, groovy, then I, I find that quite reassuring. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. And I think that's that's heartwarming. If he's bringing his boyfriend along, brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's progress, but that's that's it. That's, that's about them. It's not my business. I couldn't care less. Don't do with me. It's a strange old world, isn't it? Some I, parts um, of it, yes. I feel sorry for Gemma Atkinson. I like Gemma. I've, I've worked with Gemma. Gemma who? Gemma Atkinson. Nope. Collins. Who's Gemma? Oh, no, I've worked with both of Gemmas. Gemma Atkinson's doing all right. She's on dancing. Yeah, I've worked with both I've worked with both of them. And they're both lovely to me. Should come dancing? I felt, I felt sorry for Gemma Collins when she fell through that hole in the floor. I thought that she... I, I retweeted it because she'd embraced it and I thought, oh, God, yeah, I could see myself doing stuff like that. It was not in a mean way. Oh, you did a... Oh, mate. Oh, mate. I just thought... I mean, A, right. A, there's two things there. One, it would have been humiliating. It's humiliating. Of it is. It's humiliating. And what you've got to do is you've got to go... Style ah! it out. Style it out. And the other one is it would have flipping hurt because she went straight down. Straight down. Um, if she can get a few quid out of suing the BBC, why not? Why not? It's worth looking into. Injured at work, not your fault. Call, call us now. We'll sort it out. Not us. We can't. Well, I'll have a go. Um... She told the son, I'm in total shock. It's a miracle I am living to tell the tale. Well, I could have died or at least been disabled at the end of it. I could have been legless. Legless. I'm not, I'm not being funny. I didn't even get a tenner for turning up. I didn't even know there was a hole there. Um, uh, underneath the stage, there's a lot of machinery and the Love Island people were coming up on a platform. When I actually went down into the pit... They were screaming, get her up because her legs are going to get crushed. Her legs are going to get crushed. Um, the little girl got... I felt so sorry for Marcel because he obviously took my weight. I went straight onto him. The little girl got knocked down. Um, mm, mm. They did heave her out legs first, didn't they? Oh, no. She said, they didn't sit me down, BBC... They didn't even offer me a chair or get me water. Honestly, it's so bad they did nothing. That's but if that's true, that's that's a bit rum. That's a little bit rum. They did nothing. They just ushered me through to the next segment. Gemma has been left badly bruised. I bet she has. 
and her doctor has advised her that her injuries are likely to become more severe over the next couple of days. Um, uh, I, th- I do think, I just, I do think, um, I felt, so- I felt sorry for her. You know, it's, 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 it's a nasty tumble, and um, you know, and um, she was someone saying she just wants money. Well, uh, do you know what? Yeah, she, she uh, yeah, but she, she's probably entitled to a few quid. I wouldn't hold it against her for getting that. Um, she's been humiliated and physically hurt in front of loads and loads. Of, well, she's been seen by millions of people now. If, as she says, she wasn't briefed as yep. to that, she didn't realise there was going to be a hole in the stage because that appeared. Apparently, it was a yep. a trap door. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's bad. That's bad. And also, you look at the... Because, I, I mean, you, you can't see it. There's not been particularly good angles of it. But you can't... It's, 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 a, black, it's a black pit on what yeah. looks like a predominantly black stage. Yeah, so, all those lights. So Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I feel sorry for the poor girl. I yeah. really do. Really do. And I that interview's it, funny, because it's got some funny lines in there. Oh, just because she's got a funny turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, 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 and I thought how she um, got out of it was funny. You know, hats off to her, because that is flipping embarrassing. Yeah. She was like, oh, I'm a real-life Bridget Jones. Yeah. But, oh, well. yeah. Yeah, but if, if, if you know, if 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 she wasn't briefed as she claims, then um, then mm. uh, this we've got Billy Bragg coming up in a minute. I, I think you're going to like this interview, guys. This is the late night alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. It's time to change. Set free your mind. Let your fancy take flight. Conversation gets curiouser by the glow of moonlight. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. So, dear listener, early we've been after Billy Bragg. For quite a while. When did you first email? Oh. It was a month ago. Before the summer. Um, he's written this brilliant book about skiffle music and, um, uh, I, c- I can't remember, never remember the title. It's a long old title. We talk about it in the interview, of course, and he mentions it. Um, and we thought it was one of those things that was just, it just wasn't going to happen. And in a, in a desperation, I tweeted him and said, Billy, love to get you on the show, man. And he said, yep, email, email, and we'll sort it out. And we emailed, and he didn't sort it out. Uh, but eventually, eventually, we did. And um, his team have actually been brilliant, really, and been r- really good at keeping me up to date. He's been all over the world. He's been doing all kinds of stuff, concerts and shows and all kinds of stuff. Um, and so today, got up bright and early and uh, went to see him uh, in a pub just down the road from here, actually. And um, he was being interviewed for Top of the Pops, like a Top of the Pops look back at 1984 or 85 or something like that. And um, it's the weird thing, I've never met Billy Bragg, and I don't actually know that much about him. I just, I like the idea of him, and I like the fact he exists. But when he came down the stairs, all right, Ian, sorry to keep you waiting, do you want to come up? And I'm looking at him, I'm going, bloody ass Billy Bragg. You know, it's, it's, it, was, it was the weirdest thing. And I'm going to be honest, he is one of the nicest people you could... I was with him for about an hour, and uh, the interview lasted about half an hour, and we were chatting for a bit before, and we were chatting for about a good 15, 20 minutes afterwards, just about Japan and about the music industry and about how albums don't sell anymore and, and all kinds of stuff. And I could have... I, I, I knew he had to get off somewhere. He's going back home. He, I think he lives in Dorset. Um, so I kind of, in the end, I t- said, I should, I should really let you go. But honestly, I could have sat in his company all afternoon and just just chatted to him absolutely fascinating so again i think this is one of these good interviews where you, you may not be interested in the man but actually you'll get quite um you'll get quite a lot from it and i really really recommend his book it's a cracking read and will make it if my boys bought it for me for christmas i would know i brought them up well so this is me meeting billy bragg well this is exciting it's 23 minutes past 10 so i'm late 
Um, but I'm off to interview uh, Billy Bragg, who's written a brilliant book about Skiffle. The history of Skiffle. Um, and it's... Uh, have I got my phone? Oh, please tell me I've got my phone. Yes, I have. Good. Um, it's actually a superb read. I devoured it um, over uh, a weekend. And, um, yeah, so I'm off to um, a pub in south-east London to meet him and um, chat to him about it. Now, I- I'm late. Let me find where this blooming pub is as well. And to make things even more exciting, um, he's um, doing a TV interview before, which is supposed to finish, SE11QN, which is supposed to finish um, at quarter to 12. Now, we all know TV interviews never finish on time, so um, maybe I'm not late. Right, I'm off. Let's go. Well, there we go. We've made it. We're in London. As uh, we're being in London this early in the morning. Um, I'm listening to uh, Scott Walker here. But really, before this, I was listening to the Partridge family. I've just put this on to try and make me sound hip and with it. I've had to stop and buy a toothbrush and some toothpaste because I didn't brush my teeth today. And here's one thing I learned in um, interviewing school, and that is always have clean teeth. So I'm going to brush my teeth, and then we're going to try and find Billy Bragg. Record, mate. I'm here with Billy Bragg. Hello, Billy. You're telling me you've just witnessed um, a crime scene. Well, uh, you're, get... you're doing an interview with Top of the Pops. Yeah, it's all very showbiz. Yeah, more of a getaway, really. We're sitting sitting in this pub here, looking down on this corner, and three uh, uh, black mopeds come roaring up to this corner, looking over their shoulder. They stopped and they looked forward, and then they tore off down there, really noisy. The, the, the sound guy was like holding his headphones and we're sound guys with the greatest respect to sound guys we know how fussy they can be yeah yeah, but these were really loud and then all of a sudden a load of police uh, sirens and I thought oh um, I think those guys might have been uh, either uh, half inch in laptops out of um, hipster cafes or, uh, or on the fly for mobile phones very dodgy. You do, what are you doing with Top of the Pops? Oh, we're talking about the 80s um, um, and uh, my uh, experience on there with uh, Between the Wars, playing live on Top of the Pops in how, 1985. How was I remember watching that. It was good, yeah. really. I mean, I, I, I was kind of like, my whole vibe back then was, was you know, authenticity. So going yeah. on there and not miming uh, and then playing it live uh, was very, very important to me. And I think, you know, they kind of, they kind of were cool about me doing it. So I think in some ways... In those days, Top of the Pops tried to accommodate yeah. outsiders yeah. in a way that you know you don't really see in mainstream culture now. It's all kind of a bit much of a much. Um, I loved your uh, Skiffle book. I oh, loved thank it. You. I thank devoured you. it in a weekend. Wow, and that's a lot of book to devour. It's a big old book. <laughs> I wasn't sure I'd like it, if I'm honest, because Skiffle is one of those things um, I, I've never really been that, that into. You know, I'm a big fan mm. of the Beatles, of course, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. who isn't? Um, but I'd never really considered it, but it was fascinating. Well, it's really not just about Skiffle. I mean, no. the point about Skiffle is it's the defining culture of the first generation of British teenagers. Yeah. And they're... Uh, coming out of a period where they've grown up um, in a culture that's been rationed. You know, they've grown up with post, post-war rationing doesn't end until 1954. Yeah. Just a few, uh, just a month really before Lonnie Donegan recalls Rock Island Line, which becomes the, the great skiffle uh, uh Single, so it's it's a it's a really important story, and I think the the people that have written before there's a couple of good books about Skiffle around, but they lacked context, yeah. and I think for for, for that period, uh, context is really really important because yeah. it's not like any other generation. I mean, Skiffle travelled around the country uh, through playgrounds. 
not through clubs. It mm. did, the scene didn't go into an underground. In many ways, it had more in common with the fidget spinners craze that yeah. we're currently living through yeah. than it did with the rise of hip-hop or punk, really. And try and explain that to people. <laughs> um, you know, people always believe that British kids play guitars and wrote songs. That's not true. Donegan is the first British artist to get in the charts playing a guitar. And, and the guitar is the, the thing that the, the, the school kids pick up to say, we are not like our parents. Yeah. We're different and we've got this thing called you know, the acoustic guitar. We're going to play African-American blues. We're not going to play how much is that doggy in the window. For me, Donegan has, has primarily been a footnote in, in kind of Beatles books. Mm-hmm. They, they like listening to the to uh, skiffle. They saw Rock Island Line. They formed a group, it, and and that's kind of all it's all I've really read yeah. on it. Before. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. Most of the writing on skiffle is done in the context of nineteen sixties artists. Yeah, and, and and obviously you know you've got to explain where they came from. So there'll always be two or three pages that talk about Rock Island Line and Lonnie Donegan. But by and large, they treat him having that hit in, in 1956 as a singularity. Yeah. You never get any context. Uh, you know, and we all know who work in the music industry, the stuff don't just happen. Yeah. There are things in the culture going on at the time. And, that, and particularly that time in the mid-50s, it's so febrile. You know, you've got the arrival of independent television, you've got the um, angry young men playwrights, uh, you've got uh, people like Richard Hamilton kind of inventing pop art at the Whitechapel Gallery. Mm-hmm. And Skiffle, weirdly, is part of that. Although it's a kid's music, it's a key aspect to that. And it comes out of a very hip period where the trad jazzers were trying to get back to the absolute basics of jazz. Mm. In the same way that the, the Ramones and Dr. Feelgood in the, in the just before punk were trying to get back to the, the, the roots of guitar rock. Yeah. And in many ways, Skiffle is the original... Punk rock, you know, here's three chords now form a band. What's, in- in that, well, what's interesting as well is that the guitar was not really a sort of, it, it wasn't an instrument that people no. had, it was no. ukuleles, it was banjos yeah. primarily, it wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was in some ways, that, that generation uh, was almost past, you know, it was kind of a very much a 1930s thing, the whole George Formby thing. Yeah. But guitars were, were not really big. In, in 1950, they. Uh, you know, in the UK, they sold 5,000 instruments. Mm. In 1957, they sold 250,000. It's incredible. It is incredible. And, yeah. and, and these were predominantly to people under the age of 20. Mm. Um, and they go on, these kids, to, to, to form the bands that invade the, the United States of America in, in 1964-65. Because mm. what happens is, by the time uh, their American contemporaries, 16, 17-year-old, are learning to play guitar in the late 50s uh, during the folk revival... Our kids have been playing five, six, seven years, yeah. and they're already in Hamburg. Yeah. So they're already sharp. Uh, when, when the Beatles crack America, there's a whole phalanx of, of, of road-hardened groups, every single one of them which started out playing skiffle, yeah. who are ready to come in. That wouldn't have happened without skiffle. And, and in some ways, if you're into the Beatles, if you love that music from the, the British invasion period, and you don't understand where skiffle came from, you don't really yeah. understand the... I mean, something like Sgt. Pepper's is really... Yeah, it's psychedelia, but it's a psychedelia exploration of the Beatles' childhood. Yeah. And, and Skiffle is an absolute key part of that. Speaking of the Beatles, have you heard Lonnie Donegan and Chaz and Dave's version of You Won't See Me? No, oh, I haven't, mate, no. It's incredible, <laughs> honestly. It's just, it, just those three things I know, together. But it's, incredible, it, it's, yeah. it's an amazing version. No, it's like, it is like they've turned it into sort of like a Cockney knees up, and it's joyous, it's wow. wonderful. Check I it can out, imagine, I can imagine in my head what that would sound like. 
That would be amazing. So, but Skip, am I right? That, um, and I've forgotten all the names because I read this a couple of months ago. Because yeah, we've yeah. been trying to sort this out for a while, yeah, so yeah. We, we, we've got to realise. But I've forgotten a lot of the names. But so Donegan is in a jazz band. Yeah, Ken Collier's jazz Ken band. Collier. Ken Collier is the guy who invents Skiffle, more or less, right. as a way of. Um, the, the early British trad jazz bands, the only way they had to learn the music was off the original recordings, mostly made in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. And because the um, recording equipment was so primitive then, like one mic, the, the players blew really hard to get on the record <laughs> and make sure they got in the groove, yeah. you know, into the physical groove on the, on the disc. So the British jazzers, when they listened to these records, thought that was the technique. So they blew really hard. As a consequence, after about 30 minutes, their lips were so numb, they couldn't play no more. So really? to stop the audience wandering off, they would down tools and they would pick up... Um, Acoustic guitars yeah. and play broadly what you might call Lead Belly's repertoire. You know, broad uh, American folk, blues, gospel, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's from that, this, these breakdown sessions, that Skiffle emerges yeah. as, as a standalone. Because what happens is the Skiffle sessions, the breakdown sessions, become more popular than the trad jazz. Mm. So Ken Collier gets rather peed off about it. He this. was a purist. Yeah, no, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, because that's, he loved trad jazz and he wanted to, he wanted to play like uh, his heroes, you know, Muck Carey and Bunk. Johnson um, and in some ways he was only doing the skiffle thing to kind of educate his audience because at the time it was very hard to find any information out about where this music came from and the, the trad jazz guys believed that the blues predated uh, jazz because the jazzers used the term blues mm. to describe a, what we would call maybe a jam session yeah. so they're actually wrong in that it, it, if anything the 12 bar blues as we know it that form comes from a decade after the right. emergence of New Orleans jazz it doesn't really matter but it mattered a lot to those guys yeah, yeah, because they, they weren't just playing music they were it, uh, connecting with African American culture mm. as a way of rejecting the mainstream crooner pop culture of the day, you know mm. they they were um, the trad jazzers were appalled by the commerciality of mainstream jazz of the big bands and um, it was very white bread. They yeah. felt it was it shouldn't really have singers in that sense, and so they were trying to get back to the essence of what jazz was really about in in the way that the Ramones and Dr. Feelgood were yeah. also trying to do do that in the in the mid 70s whereas another group of young musicians in New York were going the other way they were trying to make bebop and and modern jazz and but it was for the same reason because they felt that mainstream jazz was yeah. so bland it's unfortunate the trad jazz guys and the and the modern jazz guys eventually became enemies but out of trad comes uh, skiffle and the beat bands out of modern jazz comes mods when you say enemies, I mean, how big the, was the rivalry? At the Bewley uh, Jazz Festival in 1960, it came to fisticuffs. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a, Isn't that a, funny? Yeah. How music kind of forms well, these tribes? the trad guys were, were pu as, you, as you pointed out, were purists. And to them, the, the modern jazz players had lost form. They had no respect for, for the roots. And, and their argument was it wasn't really music. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the modern guys, their nickname for the trad guy, uh, players was Mouldy Figs. It was Mouldy... <laughs> and then you can understand, because the, the thing that's important to understand yeah. in this is that the, the trad movement was driven by white um, jazz fans. Yeah. They, they went back to find the original guys who played and wrote books about it, and that inspired white record collectors to look for those ones. Whereas for 
uh, black musicians, trad jazz was grandpa's music. Mm. It was gone. It was past. Yeah. It was done. It was like George Formby. Whereas they wanted to make a new music that broke new ground. So you, you can understand why yeah. they would end up being... It's not a racial thing. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens. Are you all right? Careful with that. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, <laughs> this is radio. No one will notice. Um, it's, uh, it's like being at Top of the Pops again. Uh, the... the the divide was was really uh, a, a, a painful one, yeah. which is a shame because you know they they were both doing something really really important, which is you know the the, the I suppose it's still in pop music now is the is the the, the battle between authenticity and, yeah. hip, and hipness. You know, yeah. I, I've I've been in that. I've never been hip. I've been authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, I would argue that's why I'm still doing gigs because if you if you stick that's with sustains, yeah, authenticity sustains. You end up playing at folk festivals, and you can do that. You know, the great thing about folk festivals is they actively encourage you to grow old. You can just keep doing that. You know, they want you to be grey-haired and tubby. So <laughs> wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love all that. So you know that trad and and, and modern were yeah. part of that popular what's interesting I, you know I was, was buying music in the mm. 80s and I remember you know getting listings of bootlegs and all things from America and you'd pour yeah, through yeah, the listings yeah. and you'd get an international and send it off nowadays if, if I think of a song that song I just mentioned Chaz and David yeah. you go on YouTube it's yeah, there everything, yeah. everything is there and going back to the 50s even more so they were all dependent on was it, was it Ken Collier who went over to the yeah. States? Ken Collier went to New Orleans. He was writing yeah. for yeah. Melody Makers? Yeah, he was writing letters to his brother about right. meet, meeting these artists. And the only way he could think of to get to the United States at that time, which is in 1952, yeah. working class lad, was to join the Merchant Navy. Incredible. Yeah, so... Uh, what, what, a dedi- what dedication yeah. to go and yeah. find That's the only way, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if you know anything about it, I don't know if it's still true, but in those days, the Merchant Navy worked on a, a taxi rank uh, principle, so you got given the boat, you were going to go on and the boat couldn't say no and you couldn't say no wow. so his first boat went to Australia his second boat went round Cape Horn his third boat I think went to the Baltic Brilliant. and eventually he got a boat that went to the Gulf of Mexico didn't actually go to New Orleans but it went to Mobile Alabama <laughs> which is close enough so I mean that's how dedicated yeah. it was um, and people he, he would write to his brother who would then put it in Melody Maker and people would pour over this yeah. as though it were the, the idea of going to, to New Orleans back then would be like going to the moon now yeah. you know it would just be how, how would you get there no one could believe that and not only did he go to New Orleans he met the guys who played on these legendary records mm. in the twenties, who were who was old but were still playing. People like George Lewis, um, basically Bunk Johnson's old band. Bunk was dead by then, but Bunk Johnson's old band. You know, these were just one step away from a guy named Buddy Bolden, who uh, leg- is the legendary guy who allegedly invented jazz. I mean, you know, it's like inventing punk; it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. But but he's the kind of the central character in the narrative of, of early jazz and never recorded, so no, no one knows what he sounded like. But but to be with people who, you know, who played with... It'd be like going to the cavern and, and you know, meeting some of the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, it's that, that kind of thing. And that's what, what um, Collier based his reputation on. So when he came back, um, his band, which included Chris Barber and Lonnie Donegan, became the, sort of like, you know, the kings of trad jazz. But as you were saying earlier, because he was a purist, uh, when Skiffle started to be popular, and Lonnie Donegan was a great popularizer. I mean, Lonnie Donegan in the 1950s up until 1959, I would say, was the best white blues singer in the UK. Yeah. Bar none, you know. Oh, and, that and yodel in his voice yeah, is yeah. incredible. Would even, would even give American blues singers a run yeah. for their money because Joe Boyd, uh, the, the classic uh, 60s uh, record producer, talked to me about hearing Donegan as a teenager singing Rock Island. He said the problem in America was that white. 
singers of, of blues and folk songs were so aware of the the possibility of being accused of blackface, mm. singing like a black man, that they were very polite with the music. Whereas right. Donegan had absolutely no concept of that. Yeah. He just went at it hell for leather because he loved the material. I mean, if you listen to Rock Island, it gets faster yeah. and faster and faster and faster. If, he, if the song hadn't ended, he would have gone off the rails, yeah. you know. So, yeah. And there's nothing like that in the charts anywhere on the radio at the time. Even, even uh, the, 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 you know, his contemporaries, uh, rock and roll songs, like Rock Around the Clock, is, you know, the beat on it is solid all the way through. It's highly polished. It's, you know, uh, a classic piece of uh, pop production. Rock Iron Line sounds like a oh, bunch of blokes, yeah, playing in the garage. Yeah. Playing in the garage and whooping it up, drunk out their brains, you know, like hillbillies. Did, was Donegan bitter? I, I know this is kind of going off a bit, but was he bitter about the Beatles? Was, was, was there a kind of jealousy that that should have been me? Because his, his, his fame was, was kind of... His period in the pop charts was short-lived, wasn't it? Relatively speaking. I mean, he was the only guy who really got a career out of um, Skiffle. Mm. But because he was a pioneer, there was no real career path for yeah. him. I mean, this is true even up until the Beatles. I mean, you know, the Beatles went into movies because that's what pop stars did. Yeah. It wasn't because they decided to make a movie. Everybody thought pop was just a passing fad. It would go and nobody would conceive that we would still be sitting here 60 years later. Yeah. The BBC would be making programmes about... You know, top of the pops footage from 1985. Nobody conceived of that. So for Donegan, he's what he wanted to be was to have a long-term career in, in entertainment. So he, he kind of went into the mainstream. Um, what you might broadly talk about variety. Yeah. You know, he was a kind of classic end of the pier guy. In some ways, similar to someone like Ken Dodd, yeah. who came out of that same period. So you can't really compare him to the Beatles in that sense. Mm. But what did happen was that when the guitar groups came in, led by the Beatles, obviously, they just cleared everything away. And Donegan, ironically, Donegan was part of that. But was he bitter about it? I don't... You know, I met him a few times. I didn't, I didn't get that from him. He had a lovely phrase that he sometimes used, which was, all roads lead to Lon. <laughs> and when I first heard him say I heard him say that a few times in his company. I always thought, you arrogant so-and-so, but having written a book on Skiffle, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. true. You can't, you can't argue with that. Yeah. You know, he, he is the spark. And you speak to someone like Van Morrison, and he clearly had such a huge effect on him. Um, and one of the times I met Donegan was at dinner with John Peel. John Peel invited me to come out to dinner with him and, and Lonnie, and my record plugger came along as well because he wanted to meet Lonnie. And uh, it wasn't, it was pretty informal, it was only at Broadcasting House. Yeah. And we got on like a house on fire, me and Donegan, you know, we talked about Woody, because I'd just done that Mermaid Avenue record with yeah. Wilco. We talked a bit about, about Skiffle, a bit about politics, we disagreed over that. But Peel didn't really say anything, he just sat there all the way through this meal, just sort of like not really joining in. And I thought he might have the ump with me or something like that, but. When I mentioned this to my plugger, Dylan White, he said, no, Bill, you don't understand what happened there. Peel needed you there to talk to Lonnie Donegan because he's so in awe of him that he he didn't feel that he could hold his own with him. He's such a hero to him. And I'm like, you're kid, John Peel. John Peel, who kind of like came, you know, invented Led Zeppelin and and, and T-Rex and me and the Smiths. You're Lonnie Donegan. Yeah. But yeah, I I mentioned it to him next time I saw him at uh, his house and he was like, got very emotional about it. Skiffle and Lonnie. So, you know, not only is it beautiful, but it made me realise that something happened to those guys when they were teenagers that was at least as uh, 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 sort of pivotal 
as me seeing the clash, if not more so, and I would argue more so. Yeah. I would argue that, that, that Skiffle had more of an influence on British culture than punk had or still has. Mm. You know? We've not mentioned the name of the book, and I can't remember it because it's a long old one. It Go is on. a long old name. It's Roots, Radicals and Rockers, How Skiffle Changed the World. It's a cracking read. I, I absolutely loved it. What are you up to now, then? Well, you're, I'm you're busy, busy, Yeah, busy. but why, you know, I, I have a day job. Doing gigs, travelling around the world. Oh, how was the gig last night? We had Robert Ince on yeah, the other yeah, the other week talking about it. Was about brilliant. It. it was you know great. I mean? It was really great. A lot of comedians um, uh, and uh, Charlotte Church came on. It uh, was amazing. She's incredible. She isn't was. She was a little band. Yeah. She did a Radiohead song. She did an On Vogue song. Wow. She just killed it. And yeah. uh, you forget what an incredible voice she has. She's got a voice like that doesn't really fit in easily into the pop demographic. But when she gets hold of those covers, yeah. she's really amazing. Yeah. I was, I mean, just listening to her in the soundtrack, it was kind of operatic. I was like, We wow. sort of take her for granted, because yeah. she's been around ever, forever since she was a kid, she's and brilliant. we forget that actually she is brilliant. And she's got a great attitude about it as well, which was good. So, yeah, I had a great This was time. for Barry Crimmins's wife. wife, who's in the United States of yeah. America and having trouble paying her, her medical bills. Barry Crimmins is a kind of left-wing American comedian. I did some shows with... I've um, seen the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great when, when, when he's on stage with you and you play, you're doing a song together and yeah. wherever there should be an instrumental break, he just goes and does some gags. It's yeah. hilarious. That's how it worked. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's a lovely guy. I bump into him from time to time when I'm in the US. So when, when Robin said he was doing a gig to raise some money for, for Helen, his wife, I was straight in there. Brilliant. Yeah. It went well. It went very well. It was down at the, uh, the new Wimbledon Theatre. Right. Lovely old gaff. And, uh, yeah, we had a great time. I, I played a, a few songs at the end. And, and we, had, we had Barry and Helen on the Skype to watch it <laughs> over in the corner. So that, yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Really strange. Really. But, yeah, it worked really, really well. And what else is going on? I know you, the, the last album you did was the... Tr was it Train Songs? Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, well, that kind of came out of the Skiffle book. Yeah. Because it was writing about Skiffle. Basically, writing the book was my way of getting off the road after my last proper album, Two From Now. Yeah. I needed a break, you know, I sort of... You can't just keep going round and round and round. So, as a sabbatical, um, I thought I'd, I'd see if I could write another book. And, and I kind of come... It's my third book, and I've sort of now got a, a way, of, a discipline of, of doing it in a way that's conducive to family life. Yeah. So, it's a good way of getting, being home for a while, which is, in my job, is, is always a, yeah. a pleasure. So, it was... Researching the book, that I realised that all the Skiffle songs were railroad songs. Why were there so many railroad songs in, in American culture? And, and I kind of got to understand the centrality of the railroad to to the experience of uh, the ex not just the expansion of the United States of America, but it's it's uh, uh, the the effect of African American culture on it because it's when the uh, African Americans become, begin to come off the land into the big cities right. where American pop music starts to get really, really exciting. And the railroad plays a key part in that. So they're writing very often about trains. Mm. And then I went to do some research. I went to Rock Island, Illinois, to do a bit of research and followed where the Rock Island line had been, because it's not there anymore, to Little Rock in Arkansas, which is where the song Rock Island Line originates. Yeah. And while we were in Rock Island, there's a there's a the rock, while well, we're in Little Rock, rather, the Rock Island uh, railway station is still there, but it's only open between midnight and 3 a.m. because that is when the two, only two passenger trains all day come through. Oh, incredible. And I was talking to, there's a couple of train spotters there. Yeah. I said, there's 93 trains go through Little Rock every day, and 91 of them are freight trains. Wow. There's only two passenger trains, and one goes from Los Angeles to Chicago, and the yeah. other one goes from Chicago to Los Angeles. And, I mean, you go to a place like Nashville, 
I was at Nashville again for the Americana Music Awards a couple of years ago, and they put us in a, a lovely hotel that used to be the railroad terminus for the uh, the uh, LNN, the, the Louisville and Nashville line, mm. and it overlooks a railhead that must be ten tracks wide. Yeah. There's always a freight train there waiting to go somewhere, you're steaming up or just pulling out. You can hear the trains all night, and you can hear their whistles all day. You can't get a passenger train to or from Nashville really? anymore. Wow. So, for some, Nashville? No, no, exactly. And for someone like me living, living in, you know, I live in, yeah, I live in a sort of rural part of Dorset <laughs> where, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 minutes away from two trains every hour of Waterloo. Yeah. And I'm like, no trains at all. What about this big railroad? No trains at all. So that made me realise that the Americans have completely disconnected from their railroad culture. So yeah. I started talking about to Joe Henry about doing something whereby mm. we took those songs back to where they came from. Because the other thing is that, that um, western of Mississippi, uh, the, the train we travelled on, the Texas Eagle, which goes from Chicago to Los Angeles via San Antonio, mm. because it's the only passenger train on the line, it has to give way to freight trains because the Americans yeah. put more uh, freight on rail than any other industrialised nation yeah. you know, everyone in America hears trains they never think of going on but they hear them so when the Texas Eagle got to a, a city where there was a platform you know four or five platforms three or four platforms they put it into a platform and they kind of use it as a siding technically I know yeah. it's a, a station so they would have a halt time where they wait for 30 minutes while all the freight went by mm. so in that period while the train was waiting to let the freight go by Joe and I were able to go and find somewhere where it was quiet enough for us to set up a couple of microphones and play uh, record one of these songs and then jump back on the train before it left you know listening out for the all aboard and that was the basic it's not like they stop for five minutes like it does at Upminster yeah you know, on the way to South End, it's like it's there for ages because it's because it's almost you know the, the Texas Eagle is almost a, a tourist line. It's not yeah. a, not a commuter line. Yeah. Any more albums coming up soon? Well, actually, thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, <laughs> mate. Albums is a is a is a big thing for someone like me where I am in my career now. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I take a couple of years between albums and the entire industry has changed. I mean, at the moment, the key thing for a new record is to get on a Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea how to do that. No. So, instead of putting out an album that for an industry that doesn't exist anymore, I've decided instead to sort of, at the moment anyway, I'm, I'm writing a lot of topical songs because of what happened, what's happened in the last 18 months with Brexit, with Trump, everything else. The so, world's gone nuts, hasn't it? In the last two years, it's gone completely nuts. Totally nuts. So, I'm, you know... Um, for me, it's, it's given me a lot of opportunities to write songs. But particularly, um, you know, last year, the world's going nuts and I'm travelling around singing about trains. I'm like, come on, this ain't right. So me and Joe are like... But, we, you know, I mean, when we were actually on the Texas Eagle, it was March of last year. Had we known yeah. that, um, the, the, you know, all the, what was going to happen in 2016, we'd have got off that train and put a shitload of money on Leicester to win the championship and the Cubs to win the World Series. Yeah. But we didn't know. So instead... We found ourselves doing that, so I was um, getting all my anger out on on Facebook, you know, writing 400 word articles, and then I thought to myself, you know, I used to do this by writing songs, yeah. stop messing around on Facebook, which is kind of just, you know, might as well throw it down a, a pit, yeah. and actually start writing songs and get back to what I'm doing, so I started writing songs and putting one out a month, okay. really just floating it out there, the, the main example, the main uh, sort of front of it all is to, to make lyric videos mm. and put them out there just as a way of of 
connecting. I think for someone who's been around as long as, as I have and who was never hip in the first place, trying to remain relevant to what's going on now yeah. is a key aspect of what I, what I do. So getting these songs out, um, I've put out uh, four now. There's another one coming out next week and there'll be another one uh, in, in December. And are these on your website? Or your yeah, Facebook they're page? on my website, they're on my Facebook page, but we are also compiling the six of them onto a CD okay. to sell on the road. Right. Because there's no, you know... There's no real way into the mainstream for an artist like me no. anymore. But that's not. A, I'm not complaining about that because I'm able to still make a living. Yeah. Uh, there's an audience out there for me. I've just come back from a very successful three-week tour in Canada, in the United States of America, where I could, you know, I was doing three or four nights in some cities and selling out. Mm. I'm making a good living. I yeah. don't ever expect to be able to be playing the O2. But you know, that never was me. That never was Billy Bragg. So. Um, if I can carry on making a living on my terms, whether I'm writing books or putting out songs or doing gigs, I'll be very happy. Brilliant. Hey, nice to meet you, Billy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love that book, so thank you well, so no, much. Not for at all. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your enthusiasm. Cheers. Thank you. More power to you.